What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Primetime Sports Podcast, hosted by Joey Mayalari. So tonight is going to be a stacked episode. We obviously have the NFL trade deadline today at 4 o'clock, so a lot to break down there, and I'm going to break down some of the biggest moves. Also, have Game 3 of the World Series tonight, and then also some news across the NBA, obviously, with Steve Nash, the head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, being fired today. And according to reports, the former Celtics head coach, he's still technically the head coach, he was suspended for the year. There are reports that he is going to be Brooklyn's next head coach, even though he's still under contract with the Celtics. The Celtics have the right to let him go for compensation. Or otherwise, the Celtics could say, we don't want anything, just take him and take his salary. And the Celtics don't get anything in return. Obviously, we'll see what happens there. It'll be very interesting to see what the Celtics choose to do. Uh, then I'm also going to talk about the Clippers a little bit. There's also some Mac football tonight. So going to break down all of that. I do have some friends coming on. My friend Will, who does his own show. He does a show with his friend Ryan, my friend Ryan, called Manzi and Trost on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 on WZBC AM Sports Radio. Will will be in the studio tonight. And then also our other friend, BK Baller, our quarterback in intramurals, he will also be in the studio as well to talk some Jets, talk some Yankees, and then also talk some Nets since he is a Nets fan. So there's a lot going on there, obviously. So I'm going to start off with the World Series. Tonight is Game 3. Then I'll get into the NFL trade deadline and then also talk about the NBA and a little bit about MAC football tonight being the first midweek Mid-American Football Conference game is tonight. Uh, I'll break down a little bit of that. So, anyways, game three is tonight for the Phillies and the Astros. Starting a few minutes. I'm going to break down the lineup really quick and then give you guys my predictions, even though when I give predictions, typically it seems like in baseball, the team I'm predicting is going to win doesn't, even though typically the team I'm predicting is going to win is the team I'm a fan of, uh, just because I believe they're going to win. and I'm also a fan of the team. But I won't give a prediction, I guess, but I'll be rooting for the Phillies if you're wondering. Uh, so, leading off... Playing second base is Jose Altuve. Batting second, playing shortstop, Jeremy Pena. He actually is the first shortstop in MLB history to be a rookie and a gold glove winner. He won the gold glove today, so very impressive. He's hitting second for them. Jordan Alvarez playing left field, batting third. Alex Bregman batting cleanup, playing third base. Batting fifth, Kyle Tucker playing right field. Batting sixth, Yuli Gurriel playing first base. Then they have their DH batting seventh, David Hensley. Batting eighth, Chaz McCormick playing center field. And rounding out that lineup is their nine hitter, the catcher, Martin Maldonado. On the mound for the Astros tonight is Lance McCullers. So far in the postseason, in two starts, has a 2.45 ERA and 11 innings pitched with 13 strikeouts and a 1.18 whip. His career in the postseason, very good pitcher in 18 games, 2-2 two two record with a 2.77 ERA and 68 and a third innings pitched. With 75 strikeouts and a 1.1 whip. Very impressive. And then over the course of the regular season, pitched very well too. Eight appearances, 4-2 record, a 2-2-7 ERA, 47.2 innings pitched, with 50 strikeouts and 1.24 as his whip in the regular season. So, very impressive year for McCullers. Obviously, with him being on the mound tonight, the Astros are looking to take the 2-1 series lead in Philadelphia. Tonight, Philadelphia is the home team, so they will be on the field first. Batting leadoff. Playing left field for the Phillies is former Red Sox Kyle Schwarber. Hitting only 214 in the postseason, but did come up clutch last series against the Padres. Has three home runs in the postseason with six RBIs, three stolen bases, and an 815 OPS. Batting second is Reese Hoskins playing first base. Batting only 192, but so far in the postseason, postseason has five home runs and a 750 OPS. So... He's come up big in some big situations. Both those guys, Schwarber and Hoskins, both came up big against the Padres. Obviously, neither one of those guys hitting great for average right now, but the power is there with each of them hitting some big home runs. Batting third, the catcher, JT Ramuto. After that, batting cleanup is a designated hitter, 2021 NL MVP, Bryce Hopper. Who was, I think Bryce Hopper is the best hitter on the planet. Five home runs in the postseason 
with 11 RBIs, a 1230 OPS, and a 392 batting average. You look at what he's done over his career in the postseason, 283 postseason hitter with 10 home runs, 21 RBIs, four stolen bases, and a 971 OPS. Only 30 years old, and is going for his first World Series win. Obviously, he's been in the league for so long, just like Mike Trout, but now he's finding a team that could give him a chance to win the World Series. Obviously, the Nationals had a good team when he was there, ends up leaving, and they end up winning the World Series. So he just had no luck, obviously, leaving, and then they, they ended up winning in 2019 over the Astros, actually. But we'll see. Hopefully, I'm rooting for the Phillies to win. Hopefully, Bryce gets his first World Series. Batting fifth, playing right field is Nick Castellanos, hitting only 220 in the postseason. He has been struggling with a 564 OPS. No home runs, seven RBIs, but did come up big in some situations in that Padres series. Hopefully, he comes up big tonight. Alec Bohm playing third base, batting sixth. Batting seventh is Bryson Stott, the rookie shortstop, batting only 176 in the postseason. Batting eighth is the second baseman, John Segura. And batting ninth, rounding up that lineup, is Brandon Mosh playing center field. On the mound for the Phillies is Ranger Suarez, who's been great in the postseason in four appearances with a 1 0 ERA, 1 8 6. A 1-0 win-loss record, a 1.86 ERA with nine strikeouts and nine and two-thirds innings pitched with a 1.14 whip over the regular season this year. He had a 10-7 record in 29 appearances with a 3.65 ERA and 129 strikeouts and 155 and a third innings pitched. It's really impressive, obviously, considering he wasn't supposed to pitch yesterday. Yesterday in the mound, I believe it was supposed to be Noah Syndergaard. They ended up mixing up the rotation with that game being canceled. And now tomorrow will be game four. It won't be Noah Syndergaard. It'll be Aaron Nola on the mound for the Phillies. Has a 4-5-7 ERA in the postseason against Clint Javier for the Astros, who's been pitching well in the postseason. A 1-0 record in a 1-3-5 ERA and two innings pitched. Christian Javier, excuse me, pitching for that Astros team tomorrow. That'll be at 8.03 p.m. on Fox, as it's tonight. Also 8.03 p.m. on Fox. The Phillies are already out to a hot stock, getting the first two batters of the game out. Getting Jose Altuve and Jeremy Pena out, uh, both of them by a line out and a ground out. So pretty quick inning so far for Ranger Suarez. Hopefully the Phillies get a win tonight. As I said, I usually make predictions, and typically those predictions do not always go well. The Phillies are actually undefeated at home right now in the postseason. So that's one thing that plays to their advantage. They're playing at Citizens Bank Park tonight, and they have been undefeated so far in the postseason. So hopefully they get a win tonight. I will be rooting for them and keep you guys updated over the course of the episode on what happens there. Also tonight, we have our first matchin. Of the year, college football. I'm a big Mid-American Conference football fan. As some of you guys know, I'm a big Kent State, Central Michigan fan. Like some other teams too, like Toledo, Akron. Tonight is the first game of Maxion football is tonight. It is Ball State versus Kent State. Or Ball State versus Kent State. That's what it is. 13-7 Kent State over Ball State right now. Both teams on the year have been struggling for the most part. Ball State's 4-4. Four four. They came in with higher expectations. Kent State, 3-5, and five, had a very good year last year. Lost their quarterback, Dustin Crum, to the NFL. I believe he's a practice squad player with the Chiefs right now. A very good player over his career in Kent, at Kent State. They've been struggling, though, on the year. 3-5 and five record. Colin Schley is their quarterback. Already threw a touchdown in the first quarter to uh, Devontae Walker. Uh, and that game, a 13-0 lead. Now it is 13-7. Uh, it was a first quarter score. Uh, so a big start to the game for them. So far in the game, he's 7 of 13, 59 passing yards, a touchdown, no picks, and a 117 passer rating. As a ball state, their running back, Carson Steele, having a very good year, very good player overall. 
has seven carries of 59 yards and a touchdown already. Also adds a little in the pass game with a catch for eight yards. I uh, will keep you guys posted on what happens in that game. And then we also have Ohio, who's having a very good year, versus Buffalo, who's also having another good year. Both of those teams being five and three. The game is at Ohio College, Ohio University, that is. Uh, Ohio is the home team there, up 10 nothing already in the second quarter. First quarter, two minutes to go. Second quarter is on its way. Ohio is on the four-yard line, so looking to score again. First and goal on the four. Obviously, I'll keep you guys posted on what happens there. Uh, not too much to talk about in the Max. I know not many people follow it, but I'm a big Max and football fan. Uh, so anytime I have the chance to talk about the Mac and what's going on there, I usually take advantage uh, and talk about uh, you know some scores and stuff like that. But Carson Steele, that Ball State running back, already having a good game. Seven carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. So far, right now, uh, Ball State... Is trailing to Kent State 13 to 7, as I said, uh, midway through the second quarter, eight minutes to go. And then Buffalo up 10 nothing, uh, down 10 nothing to Ohio with 2.53 to go in the first quarter. Looks like Buffalo will be trailing by more than 10 uh, after this possession's over, with it being first and four on the four yard line. So now I'm going to talk about the NFL. I'm going to break down some, big, some of the biggest trades of the day, some biggest trades of the whole deadline. I'm going to talk about some trades that happened in the past week, so not just trades that happened today, uh, and give my opinions on those. And then I'll talk about the NBA a little bit, then my friends will be in the studio at 8.30, so uh, we'll be talking probably a ton there, uh, probably a wide range of things, NBA, NFL, MLB, uh, all of that. So I'll start off the trade deadline talk for the NFL, as I said, was say 4 o'clock. First trade of the trade deadline I'm going to talk about was the Lions trading their tight end, TJ Hawkinson, to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota having a very good year, 6-1 record. They made this deal, though, because their starting tight end, Irv Smith, suffered a high ankle sprain on Sunday. And from the looks of it, he will be out 8-10 to 10 weeks. So that's a big loss, obviously. And I think they saw we're winning right now. We have a really good team. We're 6-1 on the year, averaging 24.7 points per game, which is ninth in the NFL. 345.7 yards per game in offense, which is 15th in the NFL. We really can't lose our starting tight end, even though really that offense, for the most part, they give the ball a lot to star receiver Justin Jefferson, who's an absolute superstar. Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, obviously Kirk Cousins, finds ways to get them the ball. Cousins having a very good year as well. Uh, but I think they saw Earl Smith being down eight weeks, and they said we can't lose a starting tight end. They went to get Hawkinson, who's having a very good year for the Lions. They traded a draft pick in 2023, a second-round pick, and then a 2024 Third round pick to Detroit for Hawkinson, and then the Lions traded back Hawkinson, a fourth round pick in 2023, and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick. So overall, Minnesota is getting Hawkinson, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2024 conditional fourth round pick from the Lions for a 2023 second round pick from Detroit. And then, or Minnesota's trading a second round pick in 2023 to Detroit and a 2024 third round pick. For TJ Hawkinson with those other two draft picks. Uh, the Lions right now are in rebuilds mode, obviously having a tough year being one and six. I do like their coach, uh, Dan Campbell. Seems like he brings a lot of energy, obviously, but things are not working out for that team right now. Uh, they have been struggling, as you can tell. But their record one and six, I mean, they put up some points on offense. They're averaging 24.7 points per game, which is ninth best in the NFL, with 394.9 yards per game, which is fourth best in the NFL with 258 passing yards per game, which is seventh best in the NFL on average. So their offense isn't the problem. It's really their defense. If you look at it, they're giving up 421 yards per game, which is 32nd in the NFL, so dead last, and then giving up 154 rushing yards per game, which is 30th in the NFL, so third to last, and then 27th in the NFL on passing yards per game, 266.4 yards per game allowed. Points overall, though, they're giving up 32 points per game, which is the worst in the NFL at 32nd. So... Obviously, they saw we're 1-6. We're not going to make a run, especially with the division 
being really the Vikings for the most part, being 6-1, and one, and then obviously the Bears are somehow having a good year, finding ways to win games. We'll talk about the Bears in a second. They made a trade at the trade deadline. They are now 3-5 and five in the year after beating the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and then also had a win this past week, or loss this past week against the Cowboys, but now they are 3-5 and five on the year. A tough loss to the Cowboys, 49-29 uh, on, sun- on Sunday. But anyways... Not a bad trade for that Lions team, obviously, with them being a rebuilding team. Obviously, they don't really have much to play for right now. And then for the Vikings, they're getting a one-year rental in TJ Hawkinson, but they are 6-1, and one, and now they give themselves a chance to have another weapon at the receiver position, obviously being a tight end. But Hawkinson has great hands. You're giving Kirk Cousins another option to throw to in the pass game, so just another receiver for him to find downfield. Next up, pass rusher Robert Quinn was traded from the Bears to the Eagles for a fourth-round pick. The Eagles have a great year. Obviously, there's not too much you can say about the Eagles that are negatives. Uh, one thing, though, is that they want to improve their pass rush a little bit, which is still having a very good year overall, 7-0. and Obviously, the best record in the NFL. They play Houston this week on Thursday night at 8-15. Houston won 5-1 on the year. So, obviously, the Eagles are going to be favoring that matchup by 14 points. That's what the line is right now. One thing the Eagles wanted to improve upon was sacks. And... That's the one thing I guess you would talk about that they could have maybe improved upon. Even then, I mean, they still have a good team overall. Uh, but one thing about them is they're scoring a lot of points. They are third in the NFL in points per game with 28 points per game, giving up 16.9 points per game, which is fourth best in the NFL. Scoring, as I said, 28 points per game with 395 yards of offense per game, which is third best in the NFL. And then giving up only 298 yards per game, which is third best in the NFL. But they must have saw a pass rush as a need if you're trading a fourth-round pick for Robert Quinn. I do like Robert Quinn a lot, coming off a really good year last year for the Bears. The Bears also traded their best player overall, their linebacker, Roquan Smith, who they drafted in the first round under Georgia. I believe it was in 2018. He was traded to Baltimore for a second and a fifth-round pick. Obviously, the Bears are rebuilding, even though they are 3-5. and five. Three wins is probably more than most people had them winning this year at this point. People probably had them at 4-13 and 13 on the year. They already got three wins. Roquan Smith having a very good year. Could disrupt the game. Pass rushing-wise, in the run game, obviously defense overall, pass defense. He's a very good player, very sound defender. And that Ravens team was lacking in the linebacking crew, obviously with some injuries to some key players. And now they get Roquan Smith, who's one of the best linebackers in the NFL. The Panthers traded running back Christian McCaffrey from Carolina to San Francisco about a week or so ago now for a second, third, fourth, and a fifth-round pick. So four draft picks, a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. But it seems to have worked out for both teams. For the Panthers, they had a great game out of Dante Foreman this past week, who is a backup running back with McCaffrey. Excuse me. And then also Chuba Hubbard was also the running back there as well. But it seems like their lead guy is Dante Foreman, who had a great game this past week. 26 carries, 118 yards, and three rushing touchdowns. Also added a little bit. Uh, in the pass blocking game, too, he got a little bit involved, helped P.J. Walker a little bit uh, on one of his passing touchdowns um, to uh, D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore had a great game, six catches, 152 yards, and a touchdown. Foreman, as I said, 118 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. Uh, so that trade's worked out for both teams, I guess. I thought the trade was a little bit too much for the Niners since I thought they already, they already had good running backs with Jeff Wilson being there and obviously Elijah Mitchell coming back in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but at the end of the day, they made that deal a second, third, and a fourth, and a fifth. But now if you look at it, McCaffrey had probably the best game of his career this past weekend. 94 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown with eight receptions for 55 yards and a nine-yard reception touchdown. And then also had a 34-yard passing touchdown to Brimson Ayuk. So he had a passing, rushing, 
in receiving touchdowns. He's now the fourth player since 1970, since the 1970 merger, with a passing touchdown, rushing touchdown, and a touchdown reception in the same game, joining Walter Payton, the Hall of Fame running back, Lindania Tomlinson, and David Patton. So very impressive week for McCaffrey. The Falcons, in a crazy deal, very uh, very sudden and surprising deal traded their wide receiver Calvin Ridley, who was suspended for the entire 2022 season for gambling, which he did last year in a game against the Jacksonville Jaguars, was betting on the Falcons when he was taking time off of mental health. Now he's traded to Jacksonville. So very interesting. He's betting against Jacksonville for his former team. He's betting for the Falcons to win that game. So now he's going from his former team to his current team, betting for his former team against his current team. Now he's on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I said they ended up making a trade for him today. And even though he's suspended for the rest of the year, he's one year left on his deal at $11.12 million next year, which is a steal, considering every receiver in the NFL is making over $20 million. They traded two picks for him. So Jacksonville ended up giving up a 2023 fifth rounder that could be a sixth rounder, and then also a 2024 second round pick that could also be a third or a fourth. So in value overall, they traded two picks that max out at a fifth rounder and a second rounder for one year of Calvin Ridley for next year. The 49ers traded running back Jeff Wilson Jr. to the Miami Dolphins for a fifth round pick in 2023. Not a bad deal for that Dolphins team, especially considering they have a very good team, a good offense. They haven't struggled a little bit in the rushing game, uh, and that's one thing they obviously want to go for is depth. They are 5-3 and three on the year. They face the Bears this week in Chicago on Sunday. The Bears right now uh, are underdogs by five points. One thing about the Dolphins, they're scoring 22 points per game, which is 16th best in the NFL, but they have the seventh best total yards per game, 381 yards per game overall with 293 pass yards per game. But the difference is their rushing game. Their rush, their pass rush, um, their defense, their secondary, all very good. Obviously, uh, overall, allowing 24 points per, points per game, which is 24th in the NFL, 22nd in the NFL, so not the best. But they're scoring points, as I said, 22 points per game, which is about middle of the pack, 16th in the NFL. But the one thing I think they saw is, okay, we're 7th best in the NFL in offensive yards per game at 381. We are 3rd best in pass yards per game with 293. But we are 28th in the NFL in rushing offense per game at 81, at 88.1 rushing yards per game. So I think they saw that and said, let's try to go make a move. Let's get a running back like Jeff Wilson, who's fallen in the depth chart now, obviously Christian McCaffrey being the starting back there. And they also have a couple other backs there, including Elijah Mitchell, who will be back this next week. And Miami makes a deal, obviously being 28th in the NFL in rushing yards per game. They make a deal for a running back, who's been pretty good as a backup, but also has been good as a starter as well. Uh, so not a bad deal for them. They also made a move for Denver Broncos pass rusher Bradley Chubb from NC State. Great pass rusher from a fifth overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. For a 2023 first-round pick, which is owned by San Francisco, a 2024 fourth-round pick, and then also running back Chase Edmonds will be traded from Miami to Denver in that deal. So now Denver gets another running back in that backfield. Obviously, now a heavy backfield with Javante Williams being out for the year. That was a big loss, but they have Melvin Gordon there, Mike Boone. They also have they also have now Jeff uh, Chase Edmonds, and then also Latavius Murray. So Latavius Murray, Chase Edmonds, Mike Boone, and Melvin Gordon. So that's a stacked room right there for running backs. Latavius Murray is the one guy I started to forget about there when I was trying to, figure, trying to remember who it was. It is Latavius Murray. So they have four running backs there. End up giving up a 2023 first-round pick, which is owned by San Francisco. A fourth round of 2024. And running back Chase Edmonds is what that Miami Dolphins team gave up. Two land premier pass rusher Bradley Chubb. The Rams offered two first-round picks for Carolina Panthers pass rusher Brian Burns, but Carolina declined the offer. If I was the Panthers, I would accept that offer, especially considering the Panthers are going nowhere this year. 
Carolina is going nowhere this year. I would accept that offer if I was the Panthers all day. They end up declining that offer, and now, if you look at it, the Panthers not having a very good year. Although, considering how bad that division is, I mean, they can compete in that division with how bad the division is, which is crazy to say. I mean, people came to the NFC East for years. Everyone in the NFC East is over 500. The Eagles are 7-0. The Cowboys are 6-2. The Giants are 6-2. And, and Washington is 4-4. Four and four. So if you combine that all up, that's 23-8 and eight is the combined record in the NFC East. So very impressive year for the NFC East. As for the AFC, though, or the NFC South it is, the Panthers are 2-6. and six. Probably a couple games out, but I'd be in full rebuild mode. I would have taken those two first-round picks that the Rams offered for the pass rusher, Brian Burns. Brian Burns having a good year for them. But at the end of the day, what's about having Brian Burns when you're going to be rebuilding for the next couple of years? Brian Burns having a very good year, 36 total tackles. 15 assisted tackles, 21 solo tackles, 8 tackles for loss, 5 sacks, 9 quarterback hits, and a pass defended in 8 games played. It's a very good year for him. But if you look at it, why not make that move? I don't know why you wouldn't make that move. At the end of the day, I think what that Panthers team saw was, oh, we're going to try to build around this guy on our defense. But this team is not built to win. You do not have a quarterback. You have two quarterbacks that were first-round picks in 2018, the first and third overall picks, and Baker Mayfield, who was drafted by Cleveland, and then Sam Donald drafted by the Jets. Neither one of those guys are the answer, and neither one of those guys are getting a chance to play now with P.J. Walker being the starting quarterback. So at the end of the day, you do not have a quarterback, and taking those two first-round picks would be premier. And trading up, let's say if you don't get the guy you want, let's say you have the fourth pick and you want to trade up to the first, or just taking those two first-round picks and building around those. If I was the Pins, I wouldn't have taken that deal on the Rams. I mean, at the end of the day, I think this Rams team might be shot for the year. Uh, they're not having a very good year. Three and four on the year after winning the Super Bowl, obviously, last year. Not scoring many points. They have 118 points uh, total on the season, which is 31st in the NFL. They're 28th in points per game, 16.9 points per game. 2,082 total yards on the year, which is 30th in the NFL. And 297 yards per game total on offense, which is 30th best in the NFL. So very much a struggling year. For that Rams team, they had two and three in their last five games, and they're just looking for anything they can cling on to. And I guess Brian Burns was their guy. They wanted him, but obviously it didn't work out. Another team that could have made a deal, which the Rams could have made a deal for pass rush, so they tried, they didn't. Another team that could have made a deal was the Giants. And I'm actually very happy with the Giants staying still and not making a move for DJ Moore. He has a $25 million cap hit next year. The Panthers wanted a second or third round pick for him. And if you look at it, obviously the Giants could use a receiver. Kenny Galladay has a $21 million cap hit this year in 2023 and in 2024. So this year and the next two years after this one, he hasn't been the receiver that we paid him to be. I didn't really like the four-year $72 million deal we gave him. I was never the biggest Galladay guy. But one thing I've looked at in the past week now is that if this Giants team wants to turn the season around, especially if you're not going to make a trade at receiver, you have to have trust in Kenny Galladay. I've never been a Kenny Galladay guy. I don't like his effort. I don't like him walking back to the line of scrimmage with a minute to go and we're trying to rush to the line of scrimmage. I don't like that he drops balls and doesn't care. I don't like that he's not diving for balls that he should try to catch and not laying out when he has the opportunity. I don't like that he doesn't block when the run plays it to the outside. But one thing I looked at in the past week was, you're probably not going to be able to move this guy unless you give up a second and a fifth round pick and also choose some of that money and you'll get a fifth or a sixth back in return. Maybe a fourth back in return if you give a second and a fifth with him and then also choose some money. So at the end of the day, He's probably stuck as a giant for at least this year and maybe another one. And then maybe that last year you could try to offload some of that money and maybe chew half of it and take $10.5 million of it and maybe trade his fourth year of that deal to another team. So I looked at it and said, okay, the Giants really 
honestly, the best chance they have is if Kenny Gawney can just give them half the production that he used to have. And I'm a little bit more optimistic after watching some of his interviews. He's saying he wants to be on this Giants team. Obviously, he was 6-2. and two. He went 6-2 and two without him for the most part. He hasn't played at all, really much at all, besides the first couple weeks. And I think the Giants realize we're not going to be able to move this guy. We're already giving him $21 million this year and the next two years. Why trade for a guy like DJ Moore, give him a second or third-round pick when he's getting a $25 million cap hit next year? Same thing with Brandon Cooks. The Texans wanted a second-round pick for him. Obviously, he stays still in Houston. DJ Moore stays still in Carolina. The Texans want a second-round pick for Brandon Cooks, who's worth $18 million on the cap next year. Too much for the Giants. I'm happy with them staying still at the receiver position. Obviously, they could use a receiver, but I have trust in Darius Slayton. I have trust in Wondell Robinson, and I have trust in Kenny Gaud at least a little bit to give him maybe five catches or 50 yards per game. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of this year. But something's flipped. Maybe it's his attitude in the interviews. Maybe it's him saying he's progressing and wants to be back as a Giant. That at least I'm a little bit more optimistic than I was a week ago at this time about Kenny Galladay. Last player I'm going to talk about is Chase Claypool was traded. Wide receiver on the Steelers was traded to the Bears for a 2023 second round pick. Obviously now they're trying to supply Justin Fields with another receiver. Obviously their receiving crew isn't that great. Cole Komet tight end has not been great. Just caught his first touchdown since 2020 on Sunday. And then Donnell Mooney has not had as good of a year as he did last year. Now they add another receiver in Chase Claypool. And now a couple things I'm going to talk about before I get into the NBA. Bryce Hobbins did a huge home run for the Phillies. Put them up 2 to nothing in the second inning, or the end of the first inning it was. Now it is the top of the second inning. Bryce Hopper, huge home run. Scored Kyle Schwarber on the play, his sixth home run of the postseason to right center field. On the first pitch of the at-bat, now already the Phillies are up 2 nothing going into the top of the second inning. Schwarber got on, leadoff with a walk. Then Hoskins and Ramudo got out, and then Bryce Hopper, the DH, better clean up for that Phillies team, gets up, hits a big home run. Now the Phillies are up 2 to nothing in the top of the second inning. Ranger Suarez in the first inning, no hits, no walks with a strikeout. Asteroid Lance McCullers gave up a hit, which was that home run in one inning's pitch so far, giving up two earned runs with a strikeout and a walk, now raising his postseason ERA to a 3.75 ERA overall. Another thing I want to talk about now is the Mac. As I said, I'm going to keep updating you guys what happens there. Ball State now takes the lead over Kent State 14-13. And then one other thing I'm going to mention is Ohio is up over Buffalo 17-3. So now I have my friend coming into the studio, my buddy Will Manzi. Now I've been friends with now. We're going, on, we're going on to four years. I've been friends with him since the summer program we did at BCE, which is the Boston College Experience. I've been friends with him now for four years, three and a half years so far. By June, it'll be four years. We bonded over football, bonded over the NFL the Celtics, everything in between. Uh, no one else I want to run the court with in basketball besides Will. Uh, there's just something about being out there again, uh, alongside him on the court. We both bring some fire in the football field, but there's something different about basketball. I know he's got my back. I get his always, and uh, it's always special playing alongside him. As I said, he has his own show. I opened the show. Talking about you, and I said you have your own show, Manzi and Trost, Tuesday nights, or Wednesday nights, that is, from 7 to 8 o'clock on WCBC, WZBC AM Sports Radio with one of our buddies, Ryan Trost. Uh, it's a great show. You guys should check that out. Wednesday night, 7 to 8. Here he is, Will Manzi in the studio, sports icon. How are we doing, Will? Oh, buddy, that was a hell of an introduction. I'm not sure I deserve such uh, kind words, buddy. Uh, but I just want to say thanks for having me. I know, like you said, I do the show on Wednesdays, but it's nice to come into the studio at any time and just talk sports. Uh, yeah, like you said, we've been friends for, what, yeah, four, four years. Four years now. Four years. Isn't that interesting? Blown by. I feel like I didn't, and sadly, I didn't see you for like... 
a year and a half. A year and a half in there. Sophomore year I was home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But sophomore year I was home, and obviously was sent home. Freshman year, and Will was my freshman year roommate. Oh yeah, back there, Key South. Yeah, we uh, Key South. We had a lot of fun. Remember that first night we were in? Uh, yeah, we did have a journey our first night. Actually, walked down the main road off Newton campus. Yes, we were looking for somewhere to eat. Walking down what street was that? I can't remember the name of it either. Oh, walking no. down the street, trying to find some food wherever we we're walking towards. We should have went towards Newton Center. Probably would have been more food yeah, that the wrong way. way. Went the wrong way. Went the wrong way. End up walking uh, down a road there, which ends up. It's, we were walking towards the highway there, you know, coming off the expressway, uh, and we were looking for somewhere to eat. There was nothing to eat, obviously, and walked by, whatever, it was a coyote or a deer or something. We had a journey. We should have just, looking back, I don't know why we didn't, like, look at Google Maps Order first. Food. We just order food. Right, I think I we ended up didn't. ordering Papa John's or We something. did. One of many times. Papa one of John's, many times yeah, we did. Papa John's is the freshman year staple. Um, yeah, one of many times we ordered Papa John's, obviously. But I mean, hey, that was the best part of our experience. We're always doing something crazy and having a good time. Yeah, so sure. looking back, let me see what that street was. Now that now that now oh, you're gonna now be looking, look now you're gonna be thinking about it. Though I'm trying to wonder. Where to be exact? You want to be accurate? No, yeah, you're gonna be wondering. Center Street. Center. It was oh, Center yeah, Street. Of course. Center, Center Street. Spelled T R E. T R E. Exactly. T R E. You got it down exactly. To a science. Look at you. Also, do you do your uh, does the audience know that we have another guest coming in? Like we a, do. BK Ball. I, I talked about him very briefly. I mentioned your show in the beginning. Talked about you and uh, you and Trost. Obviously, having a show, Manzi and Trost, on Wednesday nights from seven to eight. Uh, and I talked a little bit about us and intramurals. I said BK is a quarterback, um, oh, but yeah. nothing crazy though. I didn't really get too much into. I'm waiting for BK to come in and give us obviously an introduction. But I'll obviously introduce him when he comes he, in. He's in the bathroom right now. He just needs to take a quick little pee. But uh, he'll yeah, be, he'll, he'll, he'll be, be in the studio. In I'm psyched to have you guys. Well, thank you for coming. I know, I'm, I'm excited. I, I almost didn't come. I wasn't feeling 100 uh, percent this rough morning. night. But hey, yeah, you made it back in. But I was like, you know what? I can't pass up on. on you got no sleep last night. But you were you were here. No, That's all that matters. We're chilling, dude. We got to talk sports. We got you made it. Lost and today. It was crazy. Today happened to be like the busiest day of sports, like of NBA, I know. I just NFL, broke down the NFL. The just broke it down. Yeah, we talk I mean, about there it, was so much shit to talk about. Yes, and I'm just I saw. I'm excited to dive into it. Um, yes, we can, we'll just wait. Maybe wait for Baller. Yeah, we'll wait for here. Baller to come in. Yeah, BK Baller is his nickname. So if you say Baller, that's yeah, referring yeah. to Brian Kalen, our buddy. Obviously, this is Will Manzi in the studio. My friend now for four years since BCE Boston College Experience. We did a program together. And I believe it was the first day I had a Victor Oladipo shirt on. We might have stopped talking to Pace's basketball. I remember, yeah. Which it's just one of many times you saw me wearing a sports shirt from another city. I don't know. I was definitely like a little confused. I definitely didn't know like where you were from. Well, I just assumed you were from Indiana, I guess. Yeah. Like, and then oh, I had a Giants shirt on the next day. Yeah. You, you, you're a man of many uh, fanhoods. I am. The LA Clippers, my new favorite, right? Do you talk, how, do you talk about the Clippers in this I show do often? talk about this a lot. I did not talk about them yet tonight. I will save that for you to hear your opinion on them. All right, we'll Three talk. and four we'll on talk. the air, but coming off a really good game for Paul George last night. Big win for the Clippers over the Rockets. Rockets, one and six on the end, now one and seven. Isn't that crazy of a win? But with the Clippers struggling, being two and four last night, getting a win and proving a three and four is definitely big. Um, getting back on track. but Okay, and especially since I think a lot of the NBA media, um, a lot of people... Like to just fans in general, even they they overreact too early in the season. Like, how can you possibly make declarations about teams, indictments on teams after what seven, eight games? Seven, eight games in now. Three and five, three and four. It's, it's, yeah, seven I mean, games. especially in the Clippers case, to to you know to be on to not to not play, play devil's advocate. advocate de- de- devil's to advocate pl- for me to play av- to play devil's advocate on behalf of you. Yes, so I thought you. Quiet Leonard has obviously not played basketball in a long time. Five or seven games he's missed. Now. He's already missed. Time. Five or seven um, games this year. You know, that's tough when you're the cohesion's not there. Uh, mm-hmm. He's never actually, healthy. He's, he's never, never fully he's healthy. He's never fully healthy. He probably won't play back to back games at all this season until the playoffs, realistically. And am I correct when I say, did he play 
he played for Ty Lue. Did, he played for Ty Lue. He did. That was the first year. Okay, first yeah. year. Okay, so he did. He did play right, So he has familiarity there. 2019-2020, uh, and then also 2020-2021, and then towards ACL in the playoffs in 2021, um, and then I'm missing the whole rest of the playoffs. They went to the Western Conference Finals without him. Yeah. That's, what gives me this, gives, that's what gives me this hope that this team has enough to win. Obviously, they have enough. Oh, for sure. They have enough depth, obviously, but it's hard to put a million yeah. talented players like this Clippers team. It's hard to really navigate a team and get them to win since you have so many personalities, so many talented players that are looking for time on the court. But that's what gives me hope is this team West, went to the Western Conference Finals with all the talent they have without Kawhi Leonard. Now you've added a guy like Kawhi Leonard. What I'm saying is a lot of times it's hard to have so much talent because it's hard to get guys minutes. Terrence Mann was a starter last year and now dropped minutes. He's off the bench. Yeah, yeah, he's off the bench. He's getting 10 minutes a night, 12 minutes a night. Well, that's a good thing. 15 a night. I mean, if you have a guy like Terrence Mann getting 10 minutes a night, 15 that, minutes a night, must yeah. be pretty deep, I'm just saying. Oh, they are a deep team overall. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, it's hard to get those guys... Uh, time to court. With Kawhi Leonard out missing time and John Wall being out every other night with his management and knee management, yeah. it seems like Terrence Mann will get minutes, Luke Kennard will get minutes. That's true. And I, I will say it's probably beneficial, and it seems like they have been employing the strategy for the Clippers to play the long game. Yes. Because, like you said, Definitely. They have two of their most important pieces, their, and their, like, including their most important piece. Definitely. Kawhi, Kawhi they Leonard, have to yeah. do this. They're doing this load management thing. It's got to continue out the throttle. It's going to continue throughout the whole season. You know, that's, we know that's going to happen. Especially I mean, with Kawhi. And I think they just want to be a playoff team just make and, the be playoffs healthy, and just be, be healthy. And then, yeah, and Kawhi won't do the load management once it comes. Once playoffs come, I think he'll start ramping up maybe like March, April. Yeah. might play a couple back-to-backs, but he's not going to play it definitely for the foreseeable future the rest of the 2022 part of this season. I think when it gets to 2023, maybe in the new year, he'll be playing uh, some back-to-backs, maybe close to it. But right now, he's been out. This, this next game will be the sixth of eight games he's missed already in the season. He's now missed five out of seven, which is... Uh, Crazy, obviously only played a couple games so far for the Clips this year, but they were 42-40 last year without Kawhi Leonard for the entire season. Only 40 or so games from Paul George, a handful of games from Norman Powell, and a handful of games from Robert Covington. So a ton of talent for this Clippers team, obviously, and I'm looking forward to seeing them hopefully get fully healthy. That's one thing this Clippers team has not had is being fully healthy and having, like you were saying, cohesion between all the players. You really can't get chemistry between guys when they're on the bench. No. You can't get cohesion. No, and, um, and you know, Kawhi, it's going to take some time. I Just be patient, like I said. Can't overreact to a small sample size like this. Um, the one thing that's nice, though, for the Clippers is they don't have to worry about, you know, who's the best team in L.A. this year. I think the, the, Clippers, Lakers, the, Clippers, yeah. could, the, Clicker, the Clippers could play average basketball the whole season, and they would still be a better team than you could probably legitimately take out. Lakers. You could legitimately take out Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and that team probably still might have a better record than the Lakers. Probably, there's a chance. Yeah, no, I, there's I, a chance. I don't think that's Man a hard take. And, you know, Norman Powell and Robert Covington and Marcus Morris and Zubats and all them led the team. John Wall, of course. You could probably take out just Kawhi, and that team still has a better record. Paul George might be close, obviously. but Yeah. Paul George would be close. But st- but even the, fa- the fact that you could make that argument speaks volumes about the Definitely, lack no, of it, talent. Lack of talent. Lakers, it's lack of depth for the Lakers. That, that's their there's biggest no depth, issue. No, there's no shooting either. There's no, absolutely not, no shooting. No like, shooting not, at all. I mean, like literally, and I, when I say no shooting, there's nobody. There, yeah. uh, there's not a single player on that team that I would be, I would be like, I trust I got to make 35% of his Kendrick teams. Nunn's probably the biggest one, which is nuts to say. He he's not the biggest three point shooter. He's, he like, he's, he's getting the least minutes of anybody in the yeah. squad. He's probably the best player off the bench. I mean, probably one of the best players overall besides, obviously, LeBron AD. Uh, oh, they need to get more. Did he, Russ is my boy. You need to get more tick then. Hey, Russ is playing better off the bench. One game sample size. Hey, two. I think it's a couple, right? Two games is it? I think oh, it's a couple. Oh, Maybe one or two. I think it's one or two. But either way, regardless, you played yeah, he played better. Yeah, eighteen. Well, their first one of the season, he had um, eighteen, eight, and eight off the bench. Yes, yeah, I think um, it might, yeah, it might have two now off the bench. But regardless, either way, I mean, it's only a small. Sample it's definitely. Size. I mean, at this point, 
you have to try something, right? Yeah. yeah so, like, he obviously wasn't working. Flip the script and he try something. There, nothing was clicking. They can't trade him. They'd love to trade him, right? But they can't. They can't so trade you have him. to make the most of what you... Uh... Just like the Giants and Galladay. Can't move him. No, you can't move Galladay. Can't move who's Galladay. The, yeah, who's the worst trade asset? Galladay or Westbrook? Oh, well, luckily Westbrook only has one year left. This is the last year of the deal. So Gaudet's I'd probably go... Two, three? Galladay's got this year, so the last nine games of the season, and then next year and the year after. So two more years after this oh one. $21 million each of the next two years and this year. You would almost have to couple him oh, I just a first-round pick. I said a second and a fifth rounder to get a fourth rounder back, and you have to chew half the money, realistically. Dig it, which I don't even is know nuts. A fourth rounder would happen. I don't even know if the. I mean, that's. Well, you'd be giving up a second. Yeah, he'd chewing half the money. He'd be making ten million rather than twenty one, and every receiver in the NFL is now making twenty million plus. But you'd still have to. You still have to eat up half a salary oh, no, in the first place. Definitely, definitely, so. and all that guaranteed money. You're almost better. Chew. You're almost just better off just letting him rot. On the that's what I said today. I said I just said now that at this point I don't like Galladay. I've never been a Galladay guy. My opinion of him has changed over the last weeks. I think I realized we're not going to be able to move him. Might as well root for him to do something and, and give us five or fifty. Yeah, there you a game. go. That's, hey, that's a positive outlook right there. Why not? I, I appreciate it. you. The Giants fans appreciate you. I'm happy feeling to hear that, that way. You know, because you got you just got you got to hey, ride with what you got. As a Giants fan, just like being a Jets fan, now we have BK Ball in the studio. Brian Kalen, our quarterback from Intramurals, in the studio. He's the anchor of our basketball team in the paint. Our center. Absolutely clutch player on the field, on the court, both of those uh, being basketball and football. One of our best players in both of those. We really depend on him heavily in this football season. Oh, yeah. Uh, great on defense as well. Just He gives us everything he can on both ends in football and basketball. He's now in the studio. He's a big Nets guy, big Jets guy, big Yankees guy as well. So we have a lot to talk about tonight, obviously, with the Jets and the Nets. There's obviously news there. Obviously the Jets have a very good season. The Nets now obviously firing Steve Nash today, which I didn't mention. I'm saving that for you. Uh, and wow. then obviously the I'm Yankees. Ready. I'm ready. Hey, so BK Ball, how are you doing? Thank you for coming to the studio. Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, yeah, like I said, I appreciate that introduction, Joey. Uh, I'm happy to be on the show, and I can't wait to bring my takes. A lot of takes going on. I mean, especially Hot takes. Whoa. Brooklyn. Hot takes. Yeah, yeah why don't we start off? We'll start off with the Brooklyn Nets. Obviously, fire Steve Nash today. Now this reports Ian Udoka could be yeah. a... Yeah, we'll start, we'll start off with Steve Nash. How do you feel about Steve Nash with him being fired? Then we'll get into Udoka. So, I mean, I've, he hasn't been the right fit for this team. Um, <laughs> I mean, if you look at two years ago um, with Harden, I mean, no one's going to fail with Harden, Kyrie, and Katie. He f- some of them Injuries away. killed them, and they would have won the championship otherwise. So, he yeah, a lot. Would have fit should have about them? He, he, he struggled a little bit with the depth, too, and putting guys in at the right time, stuff like that. And I agree. And then the whole dysfunction of last year stemmed a lot from Kyrie... Things weren't working out. And then with the Harden, too. People forget about Harden. I mean, that was that was Nash's fault. That's all on Harden. Yeah, he was a little... And then what? we got Simmons now. Nothing's really meshing. And the guys just don't like him. Honestly, I didn't love him as a coach. He didn't bring any intensity. I was more of like a Kenny Atkinson fan uh, from the start. But, it's you know, there's that culture problem. You know, you, you look at a basketball team and you want there to be culture. You want there to be good... Op- you look for offense in this NBA. You know? Definitely. And That's what the NBA is all about. KD posting up with a double team every play, you got to say, what is this coach doing? But at the same time, you do have to consider all that dysfunction, and you really can't blame him for the terrible job. You can't. No, yeah. I, I'm, you know, that's, I, I'm glad to hear you say that. He, he, can't, he can't be the scapegoat in this situation. He was, I think he was honestly, they should never have hired him in the first place. Whenever you exactly. hire a guy, I don't care that he played whatever many years in the NBA, and he's a Hall of Famer for sure, one of the smartest players we've had. A great point guard. He hasn't. He had no head coaching experience. None. Right. None, None coming yeah, nothing. in. Nothing. Nothing. There's this assumption. I feel like from NBA front offices um, around, across the league that like point, people who were like point guards during their career like, automatically become good coaches, and sometimes it's just not the case. He clearly doesn't have it. Uh, and I also can kind of give you some 
credit for acknowledging, hey, there was dysfunction within the team that he couldn't control. I mean, those guys are a lot of head cases. That's over unfair. There. It's unfair to say he did, he only did a terrible job. I mean, no, yeah. Look at last year. Kyrie was barely on the court. And all those losses were because the team just never got to play together. Mm. You know, no, we got so seventeen we got, games. Right, we got to the playoffs. It was seventeen like, games out of those three, Hot and Kyrie yeah, and KD together. Ever, oh, and brutal. all those games were insanely great. So ah, I just wish that worked out. That I mean, overall, been, right? yeah. overall, I mean, he actually had a very good record. I saw today actually the highest win percentage for a Brooklyn Nets coach ever with a minimum of seventy-five games, five eighty-four win percentage. There you go. Yeah, well, that, huh? You know what? A lot of people. But here's the thing: though, a, a lot, lot of talent, though. A lot of talent, though. I mean, a lot of us could probably maybe coach that team to at least yeah. maybe ninety-four and sixty-seven. Not a bad record, you know. Over his tenure there, only won one playoff round. That's where the difference is. Yeah, one playoff round with KD, Kyrie. Yeah, that's the difference only right had two there. Shots. One and round this one, past year, was it, right? Yeah. And the one playoff round he Got did swept win, the Celtics, he, had a, so. he had a healthy squad. I'm, I'm going to keep reiterating that. I'm sorry. Yeah, because you guys won one in 2021, and then, then they, a couple guys went down, right? Harden was a little banged Two up. Two of our best players were injured in that, that second series. Was it? No, it wasn't Harden. It was Kyrie went down. Kyrie went down. Kyrie went down. Harden was not really 100%. Yes, Harden was, was banged 40%. up. 40%. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't even... He was playing, though, right, for a couple of the games, at least. He played. Five through seven. I think it was a hamstring injury with him, maybe. It was already just KD. It was already just KD was the team. Only KD. And that's why Steve Nash would hug him after games. That's all he had. And even despite all the injuries, and despite the... There were some chemistry issues as well, like Harden just joined the team. You know, whatever, like during the season, so you don't have full off season to kind of mesh. Definitely, Besi- uh, you know, despite all that, with um, if Katie's foot was not on the line on that three point shot versus the Bucks, they're they're NBA champions, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, that that was the, that tied the you game. Would have won the game. They, they you guys would have beat the Suns. They wouldn't have played that. Kyrie. But I don't think that would have made the difference. So. You think, I mean, yeah. Yeah, that Bucks team. I mean, Kevin was so locked into that series. Oh, he could have oh won. I mean, if you look in. at game two, we, we wiped him out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's you tough. Uh, but I will say, I mean, for the, for the people who are listening, BK Baller brings this up all the time. Like, he's, like, living in 2020 still. Like, 20, was it 2021? Yeah, you've you yeah. got to get that out of your head. Like, it's over. you got to move on. You, I respect it. You've been sitting it. there, and I've been upset about this for too long. It's time to move on. Call it out. I respect it, though, because I always stay with my takes for years. You guys know Daniel There's Jones no I've stayed with. He's just, he's just upset. I stayed, I stayed living in the past of some of those things. Though people criticize Daniel Jones, and I talked about his rookie year a lot. Right, so I stayed so. with that. But I stayed for now for three or four years with yeah. the promise of the rookie year. So, and now, obviously, you won't see Kyrie, 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 Hardy. You never see those three together again, but you nope. live with the what could have been. I respect that. With Daniel yeah. Jones, that was different. Obviously, now he turned his year around, his season around, and you know, obviously now he's a chance, but you never see those three yeah, guys together. True. So that's the hard sure. thing. It it's is. different for me and you. You know, we both lived in the past of the rookie year in 2021. You never get to see those guys. Sometimes you have to. You can't help yourself. It's almost subconscious. You, you, it was so great. Yeah, it's like the only thing you had, so you hold on to it. I get it. I, don't, I, mean, I don't get it because I had so many good moments. It was like, yeah, he's in and out rubbing the face. Nice, nice healthy healthy team. Team. Oh, but I think it's a roller coaster around the whole Nets. I don't think it's mm. just Steve Nash. Obviously, the whole vaccination situation with Kyrie. Uh, obviously, Kyrie now in the past week has had some anti-Semitic issues. Yeah. Uh, Harden obviously didn't want to play last year. Ben Simmons sitting out last year in the playoffs, even though he could have come back and then had another injury, a setback. <laughs> that was now, this year as well. Uh, KD wanted to trade. Wanted to be traded. Obviously, he didn't like the GM Sean Mox. Didn't like the head coach and Steve Nash. I mean, it's just such a roller coaster and just such a. Dumbs a fight that's not even just Nash. I don't think it was just him. Too many personalities in a locker room, which that happens, especially in the NBA. A lot of divas in the NBA having in a locker room. It's tough to have Kyrie, KD, both those guys in the same locker room. I, the one thing with KD that I don't understand is if you said something online about Kevin Durant, he will always reply if you, if you say something. It. That's I, I understand it's a fight, but there's just too much personalities in that locker room. Obviously, Kyrie we know is a head case. 
But Kevin Durant, if he could just keep his composure a little bit more, maybe that locker would mesh a little bit better. Because him and Kyrie both run in their mouth, one online, and then Kyrie, you know, just in general. Ugh. It's Ky- a mess. It's a total yeah. mess. It is, no, it's totally a mess. And it's taking me a long time to accept it. You know, but hey, they still have a good team. Two and five records start of the year, but they still have a good team. Then we mean we were just talking. It's early. It's early in the year. It's early in the year. But speaking of that, though, being early in the year, Kyrie has no points at half against against the Bulls. Well, we were actually just watching zero points. I didn't get to watch. I just saw the stat line. We were watching the first quarter. Oh, three. We were watching the. the, the, the pregame because Trost is a big Bulls guy. He wasn't watching. He was doing homework. Yeah, he doesn't. He, he doesn't watch the Bulls games. Do but we were listening to uh, Kenny, Chuck, and Shaq. Um, the pregame, great. Yeah. Uh, to kind of talk about the whole Kyrie situation, and uh, they were really calling him out. Uh, Chuck thinks that he should have been suspended by the league. Uh, Shaq th- called Kyrie like an idiot, and he hates that he has to speak for him. Ernie was pretty a- animated about it. So I-, I think people are mostly on the side of, yeah, Kyrie screwed up here. He needs to take these are some sanctions. He's accountability. There needs to be accountability, and he needs to be yeah. He needs to be like suspended it's to some degree. BK, can you admit now? Can you please now admit because you've struggled to do this that Kyrie is a bad person? Well, I agree now. But however, when you brought that argument to me last year, um, I think the whole COVID situation wasn't fair to him, and I think. Okay, well, let, let's save our opinions about everything. Okay, fine. But I, I just don't think that that situation was fair to him. It was so inconsistent he with the cities. Yeah. Like, he, if he played in Oklahoma City, he would have played every game. All right? So, like, I don't know. I but don't you need to take that into un- account? That's a little unfair to him. It's a little unfair, but, you, but he needs to take into account he does not play for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He plays for the Brooklyn Nets. They have a certain, you know, within their jurisdiction, there's yeah. rules yeah. to abide by. So For sure. I don't have any sympathy with him about that, no. For sure. Tough, okay. obviously. I don't, I don't he's a tough loss, too. I mean, I mean yeah. So he's a big Whatever. Missing games. We can talk about that yeah. all night. But, missing um, games is important. But you only got 64 games out of KD and Kyrie together with Steve Nash. So oh even though he played, you know, what was it, 94 <laughs> and 67, those guys weren't on the floor no, that often together. Only 64 games out of 94 and 67. So what's that, 161 total games right there? That's two seasons. Two seasons where you only yeah. got 64 games out of them. So really yeah. not many games out of all those guys together. And obviously, I don't think it was just him. Only one playoff win. Uh, you know, series win. And I don't know if it was just Steve Nash. I'm not saying he deserved to mm. keep his job. I'm just saying overall, I don't think he was the main culprit. I think there's just way too many guys in that locker room. I don't even think Mike Tomlin, who is somehow keeping Antonio Brown under, you know, uh, under all the media and everything for seven or eight years. I know, that wild, yeah. In Pittsburgh. I don't know <laughs> no how he knew, did that. No one knew he was like a crazy person. No one knew he was nuts. <laughs> was he though? Well, he must have been to some degree like this, I yeah. feel like. At least, you know, but I don't what, know. If there was, to me, I you have to assume that he was always because there's, there's, not like clear, there's, not, there's not a clear trigger point. Like, why did AB perfect become... Was it the perfect it's hit? The perfect oh, I guess it was Judas Smith-Schuster winning the uh, player of the year in the locker room. Right. All the players voted who was the offensive player of the year, and they voted Juju <laughs> over AB. AB did more touchdowns, oh, I think, but Juju had more yards. Like, Juju beat him in some stat, maybe mm-hmm. his reception or something, and Juju's also like a rookie or second-year guy, so... Yeah. And I don't know, he's but, kind of flamed out. Honestly. But that's the thing, though. I don't even know if Mike Tomlin could have kept that team team's head in the game. No. Truly not. I don't know. Very different, you obviously. Know, I'm just saying. Like, I don't know if any coach could have No, and I think there. something that came out, I think Nash told Marks, hey, I don't have, these guys aren't listening to me. It, like, that. It it's almost came, like admittance. And I almost feel like that happened last year. And it did yeah. happen last year. He's just, I don't know why we avoided it for eight months or however long it was. Six months. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why we avoided that. It was weird that you guys wouldn't have just fired. I mean, unless something came up in the last two weeks Imagine. that changed their decision. Like, why did they even bother starting with Steve Nash as the coach in the first place when it hasn't hasn't worked? Yeah. And I and we all can we also we can all agree that it was probably a mutual 
decision to I'd say I think Steve Nash wasn't like a fu- it wasn't like Marks came into Nash's office and he's like you're fired and they didn't and know when he was coming like they that, they're probably it like you know what this ruined. is this is it so I don't know I think you can also I know we talk about we don't really know who to blame exactly right this, it seems like it's hard to pinpoint blame in one direction but maybe, maybe, the, maybe the owner what about the ownership you know, I think he, it might be everything you say the ownership is, is ownership's not, right? not great Josai yeah he's yeah. always speaking on he's another Twitter head. He's oh, always he's talking on things, oh. and then he also people don't like him because he's you know he's from China and he's kind of like support of the government. Oh and all yeah, that, that stuff. whole stuff is so it's like it's a lot to deal with. It's a, it is a lot. I just enjoy a basketball team. Can I watch I basketball? Still a season left, and I'm not too worried. Know, two and five, so very good team. And now we got just... a now we got a guy like sexting women coming in as a coach. Like I yes, I've got email Douglas now. Reports let's, let's are saying let's go to that. Yeah. Email Douglas reports now that he will be hired <laughs> as the Brooklyn Nets head coach. He's currently the Celtics head coach, still suspended for the year though. He's still under contract with the Celtics. So if the Nets were to take him in, the Celtics will either have to trade him like with compensation, or the, the Celtics can agree to part ways with them, and then also you guys would pick up his salary. So the Celtics would be completely you know done yeah, with his there. contract. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think the Celtics are going to do. I don't think they're going to go for compensation. I think they're going to go with just letting him go, yeah. relieve him of his duties. Obviously, end the suspension just so because he wasn't suspended by the NBA, was not suspended by the Brooklyn Nets. So we can go to the Nets and be your head coach. Yeah. I think the Celtics are going to go that way. Just let him walk, save all that money that he was due. And at the end of the day, become your head coach. But here's the thing with, with Udoka. He was already there as assistant coach. Exactly. Already has a chemistry with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. He was with both of those guys in the locker room. I don't know what his relationship was with those guys, but he was there when they were winning games in that 2021 season. How do you feel about if Udoka is now your head coach? Which it seems like, according to reports, not official, but according to reports today, it seems like he's the next head coach. It's great, and he should, he should have been the next head coach when we brought in Nash. I mean, I mean that's a little hindsight. But he was the next guy. Like he was clearly the favorite guy. To, to oh, he was ready. If Nash wasn't there, so no, I'm excited. He's got experience with the team. He was. A, he definitely. He worked with Atkinson. Um, and yeah, no, I, I mean, I think he's he's a great fit. I just I worry about all the drama and stuff. Yeah, it's really getting to me now. Yeah. You know, I, I I put it in the back of my head, but. Man, it's bad. That's it, just another guy in the locker room, too. Think about that. That's just another problem. Oh, my God. Like, that, it's like they didn't even consider that. Like, this team has been mired with drama for three years. Trade rumors. They're in the middle of drama. They're yeah. in the middle of drama right as we speak. COVID. And then Twitter they bring in seven. the most controversial coach you could possibly hire. And I, I think, get it. He's a great coach, but it's just it's I mean, 51-31 one season with the Celts. And also, you know, lost some Warriors in Game 6 in the NBA Finals. Maybe the, the Nets are just saying, I don't even care about all that. Yeah. We're going to take him and try to win games. But at the end of the day, I don't think that's right from a human perspective. But I agree. at the end of the day, maybe they're thinking, we're going to win games with them, so we'll take in all of the extra criticisms. We already have so much. Yeah. I don't agree with that idea. I think at the end of the day, whatever he did should be suspended for. Maybe, you know, they never really put out what the whole details were. And who knows what it was at the end of the day. But maybe the Nets were just saying, we'll take all that extra criticism and attention and he was 51-31 with the Celts. Now, you know, KD and Kyrie have a good relationship with them. If they do, if they don't, who knows? But they mm. probably do if he's going to be the next head coach. He probably went to Durant. And, you know, he was also Team USA assistant. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's other connections there. And Patty Mills, obviously, and him, yeah, you know, going stuff. out a little bit of the Celts versus the Nets before yep, and now yep. going to be with Patty Mills. I mean, and I do want to point out, um, I think where this all started, all this drama, it started with the firing of Kenny Atkinson. And mm-hmm. it, it gave Kyrie and KD that control mm. that we've seen for the yeah. last three years. Yeah. And, you know, Kenny definitely wasn't the right fit. I agree, but the way he went out, you could to- it was mid-season, you could totally tell it was Kyrie and KD. And I think I think that's that's been reported. Like, they, they didn't they, like him. They didn't like him. So there he goes, you know. He's and, a young guy's coach, supposedly. He's good for, like, player development. But for vets, for some reason, they don't kind of – they don't – I don't know. Hooper's good. Come on. 
Look, right. as 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 we as somebody as our, actually a professor Aaron Zola said today in our business of sports class, the players essentially hijacked the Nets organization, and that's when everything went to shit. So, well, yeah, Katie and Kyrie coming over, they took just complete control. Yeah, they did hijack can't it. Do Legitimately, that. they did. have to have separation. I, I get this is the era of player empowerment, but you have to have separation between players and management and coaching. Three different levels, kind of like government. You know, it's it's, it's not going to function if you don't have the you know the balance of powers. You can't let one group of people make dictate things, especially players who don't know how to run a team. Okay, yeah. they they're paid to play basketball. They're not there to play make basketball. Decisions. You're right. If that was the case, then we wouldn't even need the coaches. We wouldn't even need the we wouldn't need the front office guys except for LeBron. LeBron's Le- a goat. <laughs> oh, don't even bring LeBron in this. He is I'm great, so though. sick of LeBron. I mean, he, no, LeBron is he, he, time to retire. Time to retire. He's a GM. Oh yeah, he did a good job this summer, didn't he? He didn't have the best. Oh, yeah. What can he do? What's up, bring Lonnie Walker? Yeah, no, no. Can you want to know Lonnie Walker? Watch no, Scott let me Randall say something before we. No, before we move on, you guys just give it. You guys touting LeBron as this great GM, but then the minute that they have a bad team, you blame the GM of the team. But when you bring when good players come to the Lakers or wherever team he's on, oh, that was LeBron. Yeah, he brought. He him definitely in. signed off. So the it's Russ like thing. he definitely signed off. Even if he isn't legit GM, he signed off. They, on Russ. And that was a mistake. I so agree. With that, yeah, admit that we don't that. mistake. Oh, but don't give him credit when he when team is good and say it's not his fault when team is bad. Can't have both ways. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Whatever. It's an I'm interesting gonna, argument. I'm not going to get into it. No, I don't disagree with you there, though. Yeah, I do yeah. agree that, you know, LeBron definitely did sign off. He's the GM there, probably, realistically. Um, really quick, just interrupt. Sure Phillies no. up 3 nothing in the World yes. Series. Yes. LFO, another home run. They had a two-run home run. Harper. Harper in the first inning. What is now that? in the second inning, Alec Boehm just hit a home run. They're up three to nothing now in the second oh inning. God. So wow. yes. uh, good for the Phillies there. Just want to update you guys on that. Uh, what do you guys take in the World Series? We'll keep talking basketball too, but takes in the mm. World Series. Mm. I had Phillies in six originally. I think I'm just going to stay with it just because I'm not going to change. What do you guys got? Um, personally, I mean, it's hard now that we've had, you know, we're in the midst of game three, so like it's kind of hard to make like an unbiased opinion given what's happened. Yeah, I mean, uh, I get that. I, I definitely was of the of the side of, like, the Ashes are going to win this in, like, five games. Like, I, I know the Phillies are hot. I mean, it just – I get it. Like, there's a lot of momentum. You know, you see this a lot of times in, in baseball postseason where they'll be at one wild card team or whatever, make and run, they yeah. make a run. And, like, it also – it goes back to the idea that, I get, that regular season sometimes is not reflective of postseason in baseball, like, historically, statistically. Um, but I just think you can't ignore the, the dominance of this Astros team. They're literally fully stacked. Um, and Overlander struggle in the World Series – um, and you know, there, there's, there's, I guess there's some question marks, but I, I, I guess I would have said five games and now we're, when I were seeing this happen and I don't know, now I'm up in arms. I don't know. Phillies can't lose another, I, Phillies I, can't win another game where your five uh, games is up. I know, I, I know, that. literally. That no, so that's what I'm saying. Like I was wrong and this Phillies team is going to do what this kind of, I guess the storybook narrative is playing out. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I had the Astros before. Um, oh, and that so might be biased just because I you watched know, my uh, Yankees get absolutely obliterated by them. Destroyed. Which we can talk about the destroyed. Yankees too. That would be interesting. Yeah, we can talk but, about that for I a mean, second. They were so, so dominant. And like, even the Mariners, they came off a great wild card series. Big comeback. And they had a lot of energy. And that first game extinguished it like they that. The lead That's a team that can kill... The, the good feelings, the good vibes. Take all the momentum away from you. You gave them a momentum. That was a devastating. So that's why I thought, that, you know, this Phillies, they're just going to come in that first game. And in the first game, the Phillies came back and won. And it's a different series after that. Oh I mean, God, if God. they if the Astros won that game one, I, I think we'd be looking at and they were three. And they were literally in the, uh, on the brink of winning the game one. They're up 5 nothing in the third. And it's like, oh, here we go again, right? You're like, okay, Verlander's actually going to pitch well. And, and freaking Nola stunk, was stinking it up. I, and then, yeah. oh, my God. I had the Phillies winning in six games. Mainly, my grandfather was a Phillies fan, so I like the Phillies for that. Okay. But secondly, I just saw something different with this team. Similar to the Giants teams that won the Super Bowls. Yeah. 
There was something different oh. with this team. Well, here's the thing, though. I want to say this, though. There were underdogs in yeah. every single series they were in. Sure, against sure. the Cardinals, underdogs. Um, and then, obviously, beat the Padres were underdogs. Uh, and then, obviously, now being in the, the World Braves. Series. being In the Braves. Yeah. Braves, yeah. Yeah, got a series. You're right. So, Braves as well. So, Braves, Padres, Cardinals. Yeah. Underdogs in all three of those. Mm-hmm. And now playing the Astros. Another team, underdogs. Most people had the Astros winning whatever it was, four, five, six games. By the way, now they're up four to nothing. Brandon Marsh has hit another home run, so now they have three home runs already. Um, but that's the thing, though. There was something different about this team that I saw on the Giants teams, where just they always found ways to win games, and no deficit was too big for them. The Giants certainly have to come back in too many of those games they won the Super Bowls, but uh, they did, you know, obviously did come back in a couple of those. But in that run, we did dominate a lot of those games. Since the Super Bowl, we did yeah. come back down, yeah. uh, obviously, in both of those yeah. down the field. But there was something about that team. Similar to the Red Sox of 2018, where they were down in games and they found ways to win yeah. and come back. That's why I saw the Phillies team. Happen. I mean, it's, it's baseball. And in baseball, even if you're a very dominant team, you can still lose games. And we, we see wild card teams. That's why they made the wild card rules, because, you know, this can these teams can actually win. Make it interesting. That's Make a good, it interesting. I mean, two of the teams that are in the NLCS were wild card teams. Exactly. Padres and Phillies. It proves that that works. It proves that they shouldn't be just, you know, what two one wild card team or whatever yeah. it, that the, expa- the expansion of the postseason was a good idea and I will say also say I think I was wrong in my in my prediction because I chose to ignore not ignore the context but I didn't think about the context the Padres and the Cardinals are like uber talented teams they are. that they beat yeah and we can't, like, yeah so if they can beat those two teams back to back series they are certainly capable of beating and the, the Braves Astros. too they beat the Braves sure. the Braves are very good pitching as well there you go so well, let's yeah. uh, I mean, the I, took I, out my the mistake. My mistake. It's I'll never clear in baseball. Oh, no, the Padres took on the Mets. Really. The Padres took on the Mets. But either way, regardless, it's interesting, though, yeah, that a lot of people sure. went with, the obviously, the Padres beating the Phillies, and Padres had a very good team as well. They beat the Padres, beat the Braves. Very good pitching staff, both of those yeah. teams. Connors going to have a good pitching staff, too. Uh, a couple mm. of good pitches there. Obviously, Montgomery was a guy that the Yankees traded from, yep. uh, you know, the trade deadline, traded him for Harrison Beto. I want to get to this with move. you. Aaron Judge, though, which it actually worked on both teams. I didn't mind the beta from Montgomery. Montgomery was so good in July and August. Unreal. Beta came up huge, though, in the postseason. Beta was Beta was probably so the best hitter, right? Hit all of a sudden, he was like, hitting for power. It was like, oh, my God. He's like, four home runs in the postseason. Like three or four. Like field he's a great defensive center fielder as well. So yeah. how do you feel about Aaron Judge? That's going to be the biggest thing mm. about the Yankees. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things you talk about the Yankees. Boone, Cash, both of them coming back, probably. But I think the biggest thing you talk about in the MLB in general in the post, in the, after the postseason ends and the offseason is Aaron Judge. What are your opinions on him? Is he back in New York as a Yankee? Yeah, yeah. You're, you know you want him to be. So there's the pro and a con. Uh, the pro is he just had top ten best you know season in all baseball history. MVP. Um, that's a pretty. Pro, that's a big pro, right? So you probably want a guy like that back on your team. Oh, you're saying from the Yankees' perspective? Yeah, from okay. the Yankees' perspective. The one con though is um, he's thirty, I believe. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. 31 30, yeah, turn turn thirty-one. Yeah, yeah turn thirty-one. So you know he's he's getting there, and by the, if he's get if he's given what is he. Looking for ten, yeah. At the start of next season, be thirty one, April twenty sixth. So, so he's looking for ten years, even even if it's seven years, he's gonna be old. But that's something you have to take. That's baseball. baseball. That's baseball. And baseball, the, how the contracts work is they give you a long term deal, and they expect that at the maybe the seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, you're not gonna be that same player. Mookie Betts, they chewed the last three years I mean, the, at the Dodgers. The yeah. big thing I can think of is CC Sabathia. I mean, we signed him to a ten year deal, and he Sp- was oh. great for. I mean, he was seven years good was, for seven years. Seven or eight years. He still was okay even like in the yeah. eighth. But you have to pay. And you were let's pay. You were also will, you were willing to take on the Stanton deal. I'll, I mean, I'll be I'll be you, you didn't were. sign it, but you took it on and he and that, and that was a year after he had the MVP season. Yeah. And it, but, but, but looking back, that season is not nearly as good as this one. So by that by that comparison, it should be a no brainer. 
Although I guess the question is, does Judge does Judge want to come back? I mean, they were booing him in that yeah, series. No, I mean, that's that's, not that's not he did struggle in the postseason, but I, I think know, with the booing like him, I know booing him, I wouldn't support. That is disrespect. I mean, he got you the way you were. He, he got, got you the way you were. He's your whole offense for the whole season, besides the first month, two months or so. I, I mean, some guys were hit at the beginning not, of the year that weren't hit at the end. Yeah. How do you not? How do you boo that guy? How can you rate men? Are they all drunk? I don't even know. It's whatever, New York sports. It's New York sports, and whatever no. happens, he's going for the highest price tag. That's it. I mean, Giants fans hate him last year. It doesn't matter. No. So Red he, Sox throw him a 14-year deal worth $500 million. He's taking it. Yep. You think he's going highest amount of what? Yep. I, I see. I was 50-50 on this, that he was going to go back to the Yankees and whatnot. Now I'm probably going, if I didn't get my top five rankings, I might have told these last week, BK, I said Yankees still number one since he was with you guys homegrown. Oh, yeah, I still give you guys sure. an edge. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco oh, yeah. Giants, too. The Dodgers three, just because the Dodgers, the Dodgers have money to spend. The third team I have listed, and they also talked about putting Mookie Betts at second so Judge can play right field. If they're talking about it, you know they're going to give him yeah. an offer. If they're talking about it, you know they're going to give him an offer. That would be ridiculous. Uh, I got the Mets at four, just because they have the money to spend. Although DeGrom being a pending free agent, he'll be opting That's out. An interesting deal. They'll probably end up paying DeGrom and not getting judged. But I haven't listed anyways. And the Red Sox at five, just because they haven't made a splash in free agency yet besides Trevor Story. And obviously, Judge, this <laughs> double the player Trevor Story would be probably for at least, you know. Three, four, five years of that tenure day, whatever he's going to get. Yeah, um, but if you don't, if you sign Judge, the Red Sox, that being you're not paying, you're not Bogarts. paying Bogarts, and you're probably not going to be paying Devers next season. Probably yes. So or next would, off season. So I don't know. That's a, I, I like I like that rankings though. I think that's pretty much what I would. I would land. Well. I would land the Yankees and the Giants at like twenty five percent each, and then maybe the rest of man, maybe thirty percent each, and then the rest of those teams 10 percent each. Maybe who knows? Yeah, but yeah. I think we still have a good chance of resigning, especially considering he kissed his. Jersey, the Yankee logo after yeah. hitting that home run was game five against the Cardinals. I mean, yeah, the fan base Guardians. loves them. I mean, I know we booed and everything, but the fan base loves them. I mean, he's, the he's today's Derek Jeter. Except I mean, he's a legend. He's a, he, no, even though he's only no been winning, there for no winning, no. Even though he's been there for a short time, he's still a New York baseball legend. He's a legend. He's he a legend. Already, yep. yes. He's a legend. He is a legend. That's why I think you got to keep him in, in, in New York and keep him in the Yankees. You know, keep him in the Bronx. Especially keep, considering he's homegrown. Yeah. At the end of the day... A lot of teams, like the Red Sox, instead of let Mookie Betts go, homegrown town. We might even oh. let Bogus and Devis go. I don't think you can really give up in your homegrown town, especially a guy of that caliber you like can't. Mookie Betts. It's, it's hard like to think Jones. of a Yankees championship team without a legend on it. It's hard. You're right. So, I mean, any sports I mean, team, every I mean, team has I mean, a very good player, like an MVP candidate. It's true. But you lose Judge, who's a Yankees iconic player on that team. Garrett Cole, I guess, well, that's, and even that, then. That's, that's the thing. That's a good point. You let Judge go when you're in a pretty bad position. Unless you're, made, unless, uh, I mean, unless you're signing somebody else. Like DeGrom. Unless you've got him, and even then you don't and need him. Even if you have DeGrom, you still have I no hitting. You Cole way too much money. I don't think yeah. he paid him. Um, so, yeah, I would probably, yeah, he would be front-loading a lot of the, the I mean, it doesn't really matter. They can spend as much as they want, but, like, having your top two starting pitchers make that much money combined would be kind of crazy, both in the 30s. Like, that would be nuts. Both so guys, DeGrom yeah. would probably be, like, a stretch. So, I don't know. I think you literally should just do whatever you can to sign Judge, because if you do not, then I think the next five years or so, you're looking kind of, like like a rebuilding almost type scenario. And the Yankees rebuilding, you don't hear that. You don't see Never. that. That's not their MO. Yeah, they, they like to like get the washed up players who might be good. Yeah, right. Try to make a run at something. That's, yeah, definitely. that's the worst. Like 2015. <laughs> yeah, I think I think oh, it would be interesting, good. obviously, what happens <laughs> yeah. there. Chase Headley, right? Yeah. Uh, Headley, you never Mark, know. McCann. Oh, McCann. Oh, 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 dude, I forgot about <laughs> that. McCann was washed. Yeah, yeah. Jacoby Ellsbury was 12. Oh, what team is oh, it? Oh, he washed up. team you signed him. I was so happy you signed him. He washed up so bad, like a like a pile of seaweed. I was actually really sad when he left. I was devastated when he left. No, I was, I was, no, I was sad. I, was I loved him in the, as a Red Sox. And yeah. he, he had a, I mean, he was amazing for us. He's won, what, great won two World Series. Two World Series. He was great at 2013. Great contact. 60 bases, whatever it was. That great year. contact hitter. Uh, had one year of power. Somehow, 27 home runs. so wild. Second in MVP voting. 
Uh, yeah, which is nuts. That's nuts. But, you know, when he left, oh, it was probably for the best. I mean, it worked out for you us. Love to, you love to get those guys. Those, like, shitty... Like, 32 home runs in 2011. What's 32 it? it was. I thought it was 27. 32 home runs was second in MVP. That year they blew then. it, though. They blew it. They lost to the Rays in the last game. Yes, blew it. Yeah, season. shouldn't have. 105 RBIs from him. It's actually a lot, considering for the Yankees in his career in New York... He only yeah, had Yankee stats. Show us. 198 RBIs in four years, oh, 105 in one year with the Red Sox 2011, 39 home runs over four years, only played 520 games over four years, which is actually more than I thought it would have been, to be honest. Five, did play a lot. Five, 520 is actually a lot. I thought he played less. Uh, but as of batting average, 264 was a 297 with the Red Sox. That went down. Everything else went down. OPS went OPS down to 789 to 716, slugging 439 to 386. OBP stayed... Eh, kind of close, 350 versus 330. Yeah, so not bad, I guess. pretty bad. My big uh, thing was, you know, when we went made that run in 2017, no one expected us to do it. Yep. And then when you looked at our lineup, go, you know, in that ALCS, we had to make a choice between Chase Headley or Jacoby Ellsbury. Oh, my God. And it was like, wow, this guy we're paying so much is literally the bottom, a bottom feeder. Yeah, he was. Yeah. yeah like at the like end imagine if he was, was a really good contributor. That team, that team... I don't know. I, I mean, just, overall, though, pretty impressive. I actually had 39 home runs. I don't know if I messed up. 39 home runs in the Yankee in four years, 65 in the Red Sox in seven. So, actually, the power wasn't even wasn't great, obviously. But besides to take that 32 home run season away, yeah, was a he would have only line. had, you know, 33 home runs with the Red Sox over six yeah, years. So, he had 39 with the Yankees so, in four wait, years. So, was he taking steroids? Like, holy moly. He must have been in 2011. Like, literally. I, mean, that, I, know, I remember, like, he, only years an all-star. He literally, like... That one year. Gold glove, That too. one year is the contract <laughs> year. Gold glove, he, that, too. That one year gave him that deal. Yeah, he didn't really. Do, I mean, that's he was hurt the next year in 2012, 74 games. He even missed 30 in 2013, and then the Yankees had him for 149 games in 2014. Then consistently kind of went down in games played, but he played over 100 games in all four years. I thought it would have been less with the Yankees. Yeah. Honestly, that would have been less. Yeah. Thought it been like 50, 60, 70. But no, this is what I remember. I remember being washed for the most part, mm-hmm. and oh, obviously, his last year did not have the power. Seven home runs in 112 games, so that really went down. And then, at, like at the end of the career, he. Like after 2017, he just never – in our system until, I think, last year. Oh, couple really? years. He's still on a payroll. He's still on a payroll until 2018, 19, yeah. spring training or whatever. 2020 like, might have been. A guy yeah. like that, he loses – I think, you know, he loses his juice. He lost his legs, you know. Yeah. He, I mean, really – so forget about the, the, the career year he had. The reason why he was valuable to a team is because he was fast yeah. and he was a good fielder. Yeah. And he was, like, decent contact hitter. But, like, once he lost the legs – it's, that's nothing. It doesn't matter. He's never, the speed like, was the most important. Speed was the most important thing. It wasn't the power. The power was never going to happen again. It was the fact that he just became slow. and oh, he had 264. He had speed, but... He wasn't still in... I mean, that one year with the Red Sox, the he stole... You would have wanted it considering... That he stole 70 stolen bases. 70 bases in 20, 2009. In one year? 50 in 2008. So 120 in two years oh, wow. there. Yeah. 52, though, with Boston as last year in 2013. Then 39, 21, 20, and 22 yeah, in the Yankees. No, but no. you were right, though, about him still being on the Yankees up until 2019. That's when you guys bought him out, maybe 2020. He was He's released from contract now, right? in 2020. Yeah. He was a free agent in 2022. He didn't pay. He re-retired. Um, he was still paid up until 2021, $5 million last year. And now he's, I think, officially off, off the payroll. Your payroll Ooh. now. Uh, but in 2021, he was still paid $5 million, And 2020, he got $21 million. Obviously, he must have been less with COVID. Obviously, everything was prorated and all those salaries. But you released him in 2021, bought him out officially in that season, 2021. Yeah. So he was still with you guys probably in the 2019-2020 trainings. Those long baseball contracts can just stick with you. Oh, I think Mookie Betts, that 13-year deal, the Dodgers game, I think years 10, 11, 12, 13, they're chewing that, but it's worth it. One in 2020 already, you know, considering Mickey Mouse World Series one. or not, I think it's still yeah. World Series. Um, if they win a, one or two more, it's worth those three or four years of spending. That's why I think oh, the Yankees sure. the judge overpaying if you win with them. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. They, they don't even care, but they don't care about overpaying anybody. 
No one cares. No one in the Yankees organization cares We've about overpaying We've done it for years. People. You've literally always done it. It is the character of your organization. It's overpay. It's yeah. overpay for 30-year-old talent that has already gone through the peak of their career. CeCe Sabathia, well, Jacoby Osbury. I mean, he had the yeah. past year. What if he's still on that? I, you know, yeah, again, he he's might still be, on that path. He, he might, still might have a couple good. I personally don't think he'll ever do anything like that again. He won a sixty-two no, runs, sixty-three yet. Only like especially like that. especially like hitting for average. His OPS that's not going to be as yeah. high. And I mean, he's I mean, not reaching that mark. He's a he's a two eighty-five. An eleven eleven OPS, which is nuts. Yeah, that's not that's crazy. That is oh my two eleven OPS plus is even crazier because that's number one in the league. That's when you look at guys like Sosa and McGuire. I know they took steroids, whatever, but if you look at them in the home run, I think they each have two or three of the best home run seasons. Yeah, sixty six. They have like Bonds has a seventy two. So you can judge the best season, and then nothing more than fifty after that. Yeah, considering all those. Obviously, steroid guys. Would you consider Judge? I know he's a top ten season. I think obviously could be a top five season yeah. ever. Would you put him in that class? I'd say top five season ever. I definitely could. He I think won the I think he's Brown, and he has the most AL home runs. AL yeah, home run three, king. What was it? Sixty two, uh, three eleven batting average, four twenty five OP, like, OBP, four twenty five is nuts. You could. It that's is nuts. Forty three percent time he gets. It doesn't on base. beat the Bond six hundred. I mean, six eighty six slugging, <laughs> led the league in RBIs. That's uh, one hundred eleven walks, which is listen the number one in the AL as well, which is nuts. You could ignore those statistics. And for me, it would still be a top five season because this guy in a Yankees uniform finally, like, beat out. Like, he beat out Roger Maris. Legend. Legend. Roger Maris, the 61. He, like, he's, for me, he's the true holder of the record, right, of the, of the Maris' record. So seeing that, I just think that moment is so freaking historic in its own right yeah yeah that it makes the whole even if he bad like 260 i wouldn't even care or his ops was like 311 nine on 900 instead i don't care that would still be a top five historic season just because the the gravity of that moment in baseball history i i agree but as you know since you're not a fan of the team i it does matter to win championships oh so you oh okay okay and like i look i really do appreciate the great season but this is ever since 2017 we haven't been in the world series we never even have gone. You could have gone in 2019. The Astros were cheating. That could have been your year. Truly. You guys <laughs> yeah, were going to start on that one. Yeah. No, but you were right there. Legitimately, that team could have won that. Is this yeah. karma for the Astros, maybe? Maybe the Phillies just like, it's just, Phillies God, God, God gave them like this magic power. Hey, the Phillies are undefeated at Citizens Bank Park in the postseason. I want to mention that earlier when I was mentioning wow. I didn't know that. me huh. being a fan of them. But the Astros oh, were undefeated as well at home. Both teams are undefeated at home. Uh, obviously, now with the Astros losing one of those games at home in game one, but they were undefeated before the World Series. But Judge also had 19 intentional walks this year. Jacoby Ellsbury, his 11 year career, 19. Judge wow. matched him in one year. Former wow. baseball legend, Jacoby Ellsbury. back around, baby. He, he yeah. matched him, so that was an interesting step. But that's the thing, though. I think with Judge, you've got to sign him. Considering he's a baseball legend already for Yankee in the Yankee uniform, you got to sign him. you got to keep him homegrown. He's the face of the city. But how do you feel about Cashman and. Cashman, obviously, coming back you know, is, is the GM. And then also Aaron Boone. How do you feel about both of those guys? I know Yankees fans, some of those split up both guys. Some guys like one, don't like the other. Uh, yeah, some split. hate both. Some like both. How would you feel if one or the other was split? I think at the end of the day, you're going to do the same with both. Keep both or get rid of both. I think that's mm-hmm. the best thing. Look, look at the Giants. Look at the Giants. They kept Gettleman. Let him get Joe Judge after firing Pat Sherman. That didn't work. That delayed us an extra two years. I think if you get a clean house, clean house completely, get like a Shane and Dable type of thing where you get a whole new front office. What do you, what's your take on it, though? I mean, we, if you look at, you know, the 96, the dynasty team, they switched their manager, right? And that was, the, they switched to Joe Torrey. Torrey the legend, yeah. Joe Walter. Walter. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, that, that ended up being the spark, right? I mean, you can correlate it. But 
I think Boone is the right guy. I, I do. Really? I think he brings the firepower. I think he's a little cheesy at times, like in the public, the mm-hmm. whole slapping the hand on the oh, table yeah. thing. Um, things like that, he, he definitely has a couple missteps. I, I, it's tough because we do go to the playoffs every year, and we do go to ALCS. We just can't win that. And it's like, will a new GM be be better than Cashman in, in doing that? Or is it like, can we, can we put on the players? I mean, did he build a, a good enough team that they could they could have won. And I don't, this year he didn't. I think the whole the whole Donaldson and IKF thing was t- terrible. I mean, For Arcella, you're yeah. relying on the left side of your half infield. There were also a lot of injuries this year, and, and people forget about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like ben Intendi, two guys, two Billy, Michael King came for the yeah, bullpen. Ben Intendi was playing well. And um, Chapman's a head case. Lemayhew, Chapman's oh, a head Chapman's case. Is another guy. He's done. He's done. Chapman's Thank a head case. He's another guy. Good. He was um, hurt at one point this year. He was tattoo. He was a pretty bad one. Pressure every time he came out. It's like Kimbrel. Oh, yeah, Kimbrel. Forgot about Kimbrel. Blood pressure guy. You don't You're right. He wasn't even on the Dodgers playoff roster in the. Uh, it's tough throwing up Mo and having a switch. It's tough. You're right. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're a spoiled brat. Yeah, That's but I like Boone. Saying. I'm with you. Boone actually led the MLB in ejections with nine for managers. I love it. Next closest was second is Rocco Baldelli with five. So you won it pretty handily. It's pretty with fiery. The pretty there. fiery. Well, because they, I mean, think about it. every time Judge goes up there, they're calling balls below his knees. I get mad too. Mm-hmm. Judge's yes, house six seven. Yeah, these umps are terrible. I don't blame. I don't. I think more managers should be should be ejected with these umps. I mean, I think this. Yeah, I think there's a good chance uh, Boone gets another year. Cashman gets another year. I think so too. It's Even a, though you never know. But what I, do you think? Will? I think it's time that we do. This, this is kind of an alluding to the, the, the poor performance of the umps. It's time we implement a system similar to tennis, where you have like an instant replay. Like you can have like a challenge. and It's an instant replay. And it's like it takes like two seconds and it shows on the score scoreboard. It's like it, it shows like the strike zone. Just for like one. That'd be kind of sick. Thing. I think it'd be kind of sick. And in tennis, it takes two seconds. It's like done. Yeah, it looks right, at the, it's it's the ball hit the thing. Yeah, that is that. You need to get one opportunity to do that. You see the ball There are too many. Yeah. There, there's so many bad calls, and people want to complain, but they also are like, no, we ha- we cannot do the replays. Like it's gonna slow down the game more. Like then it does don't slow down. But the then game. don't complain. Then don't complain every time it's a bad call because you're Cause saying you that I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. There, well, you I get screwed over on a bad call. We have yeah. that box now. Advantage too, we have though. that box now on TV. We never had that with the ESPN strike zone. That, that, that makes like, it work. Really that that was works. so obvious in our strike. The Mika pitch zone on Nesson. And sometimes I'm skeptical of that box. I am. I'm not. I think sometimes. I think the the box stays still when you're six seven. The average judge five seven. Who said the umps have been bad? Well, my thing there and they are. But I, so then implement the system. Well, here's the thing with the Angel boxes. Angel Fernandez. These boxes, they accurately put where the ball is. But I was noticing some of those playoff series, is, if you looked at the, the lower part of that box, it was below guys' knees. Yeah. It was. Shins. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But Shins, overall, yeah. I mean, can we also get umps just to improve? Could that not be a... How do you... Maybe. Like, all these what guys, what do you have, do? We have like 10-year umps making... Like Angel Hernandez. Oh, these guys... Some of these guys are for a whole entire life. Maybe yeah. there needs to be like... Hernandez is an ump for life. Maybe there needs to be... I mean, what is that? He's been making bad calls for two or three years now. Four years. <laughs> yeah, he's bad. He's been bad this whole time, but the last three or four years, some egregious calls. Yeah. Which has killed some guys. Maybe the idea is... Maybe they need psychological training. Because I think a lot of the times they're making calls and because there's pressure. There's a psychological pressure. Subconsciously, they make a call because... It's their as a home, someone's home arena or whatever, and they like make the call. And that's that's actually like a confirmed bias that sometimes these umps have. Because I, I, but I, but I don't see how you could train them more than whatever else they're doing now to like 
be more like conscious of the strikes. So I don't know what, what what's the training how do you regimen guys, look like. How do you, you there, how do you improve them? Hiring a better staff. It's you, probably you hiring a fire. fire. How do you guys feel about like robot arms? Um, I'm not for no, it. No, how no, do you guys no, feel about no. robots? Because that's the next thing people would propose. Oh, we'll get robotic arms and well, we'll do the minor leagues. No, 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 no. That no. is a robot. He's proposing a no, human no, no, doing no. it, but then having the strikes zone go to the scoreboard. And then, like, yeah. If you challenge it, hit a button, let's say, like a challenge, a red flag in football. There should be a Put on the scoreboard and see. It's better than having a freaking robot. You're better off doing the robot than having to wait around for a strike. I mean, I think we're saying it's instant reaction. Instant reaction to the scoreboard. wrong. But that's not a challenge. You're going to watch a baseball game without a robot behind the plate? The challenge. You have to go, wait, wait, run it, run it. I See, think what will – so here's the thing. I think what you, we're arguing two different things. You're talking about like there's a play at first base type of thing and they watch it ten times and see if the guy steps in the base time. Yeah, will that, say that instant reaction. Instant reaction. Where it lines like, up and shows you who's in the strike. In tennis, it would t- tennis, how long is it taking what, tennis? What, what's, the, what's the time? Does Boone have to wait like a millisecond after the pitch? Oh, that's, I get, get what you're saying. Seconds, though. How many seconds do you get? He gets Maybe five three seconds. Three seconds. That's already – it's that So five seconds – I know what you're saying. Timing might be tough. I get that. Five seconds. I'm with Willie. Five seconds to make the call. So it's a 10-second delay, and I'm sorry, but I'm so sick of this. We need to like make the game faster to increase the ratings, whatever. If someone is not going to watch a game, a baseball game, because it's a 20 minute, it's 20 minutes quicker. They were going to watch the game anyway. (laughs) That's a good point. That is the nature of baseball. It's a slow game, and I'm sorry, I don't want to sit here and have to hear people complain every freaking time because they don't want to waste 10 seconds. They can put it in the system and implement it. It's so easy. Literally, the means of technology exist. And I I just don't get why the big, I feel like people are making a big deal of that for no reason. Just accept that that's a good way to move forward. I like that argument, though. You're not wrong. The game approves at 20 to 30 minutes, timing-wise. It's not that big of a difference. And now you're only adding, what, 40 seconds to a game? I just wish all these review things went so much quicker. Why can't you just have one guy who could see really well up in the booth? Hey, Jim, call him first. Yeah, no, he was safe. All right. Let's go. Like, I why are we saying. looking at it 20 times? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Like, that's true. What's, what, what's going on? Sometimes they send it to the commercial and they make some money in the commercial. That <laughs> yeah, helps. That's, that's, that's definitely true. part of some of them. True. That's definitely part of them in, yeah. in, in, in the players of the MLB, definitely. And even in the NFL, the same thing. They have to they look at the same angle 20 times. A thousand. Mo- yeah. and, and most <laughs> of the time, the first instinct you have about it after two camera angles is right. Yeah, you don't have so to keep looking at it. the fifth angle like, doesn't really make a difference. Oh, my God. They definitely, that's fine. That's That's fair. Do the reviews, but somehow cut down the time it takes to review it. Well, I don't know how they're going to do that. Whatever. But. I mean, I get what you say, an instant reaction thing to the, you know, scoreboard. If you want to hit, like, a review in five seconds, I get that. I the nice like thing about that. that is that you don't have to review anything. There's not, yeah, not just subjective. show the scoreboard, say strike a ball, I guess. I get that. At the end of the day, teams are probably going to save those challenges to the, like, seventh, eighth, ninth. Eighth, eighth. Or if it's a big situation, bases loaded, two outs, you know. Three, two counts. That's, that's, that's actually good because then yeah, best exactly. You use it in situation really that might. So you can't use it that much. Maybe, maybe two times a game. You can obviously now make it situational <laughs> strategy. Now you have to strategize when I'm going to use it. I think that helps the game at least a little. But I mean, obviously, who knows? I don't like robotic umps. I think that takes away from the game. I think it's a human aspect of the game of baseball. Even mm-hmm. though I like analytics, I look at the stats and all that stuff of quarterbacks. How many touchdowns are throwing? Batting average and all that. At the end of the day, there's a human element to the game of baseball, football. That I think at the end of the day, if you can see from the eye test. Okay, this guy's not pitching well right now. Or if he's on, like Blake Snell was against that Dodgers team, and when the Rays were in the World Series in 2020, you don't take him out in that situation. No analytics say, oh, 88 percent of the time he pitches yeah. for the third time around against this batter, the leadoff, whatever it was, and he's hitting 370 against him in these situations, whatever it was. Yeah. I forget what it was. <laughs> it was broken down the next day with all these analytics and stuff. But I think it's a human aspect of the game, and that's why I think going to robotic would be the way, but maybe changing the reviews for sure. 
Yeah. I just, I just think, I, you know what, in my opinion, the hybrid of on the strikes and balls, the hybrid model, I don't think it works. I mean, well, I mean we both argue calls a lot, basketball and stuff like that, and BK is the referee. Yeah. You're a referee, so you know what it's this like from a referee perspective. This would help you out. That's what I'm saying. You're a referee. Maybe you could implement it. What about I get softball. better at my job? And it's a part of the game. I think there's literally. I, I think they've reached a threshold. They can't improve. You can't I mean, Hernandez is going to get better. Hey, you know, I know. Fire the guy. Fire the guy. Fine. I also. I. I have to really reiterate what Joey just said, and I agree with him a thousand percent on the. You cannot do robot umps because of the humanity aspect. The minute you take humanity out of a game, I'm baseball, any sport, it's not a sport. Anymore. So what's wrong with the humanity of of missing strikes and balls? Just to make it the call right, I guess. At the end of the day, it's about getting it right. But because, you're not going to be always because, my, because, you, because people are obviously upset about it. Yeah, that's why. And the it robot would, it would not always be right too. There's not, and none of these going to be 100 percent the robot too. It's another thing that I had an argument about. People were oh. saying before, well, the robot will get everything right. Well, the other day, I mean, it's a robot. How do you know it's going to get everything right? You no, know, that's what the I mean? whole robots. No, no, no. no. They, it would be right. Would exactly be. for every strike zone, like, like BK was saying, where a guy's six seven versus five seven. What's like the difference? That's the one thing I'm thinking. Is a robot going to know? Okay, we have two five six. Yes, right. If the technology is not. Up to par, then they shouldn't do it. And I don't know. I'm just saying a guess here. Where was this ten years ago? Where you know? Yeah. Where was it? Where was this fifty years ago? They've been talking about speeding up the game. 50, sorry, but like since, since two thousand, two thousand when technology yeah. started speeding up a lot in two thousand. Mm. Yeah. Where, where where was this? Twenty ten sports started getting a lot more technical. Twenty fifteen and replay analytics. Obviously, money ball. Twenty thirteen, twenty twelve. Yeah. Social media. Everyone seeing these calls and stuff. It, that's gotta be a factor well, too. Let's let's actually take a step back. Let can we think of a time? In the last 10 years of baseball, yeah. where there was a call that was the wrong call that dramatically changed the outcome of a game or a series. Can yeah. you think of anything? It's happened, definitely. Uh, um, no, I'm saying, can we think of it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'm saying, name one. Oh, name uh, one. Uh, I got one. that perfect game. Uh, that's what I was just going to say. First base. Yes, that's what I was just going to say. And they called it. And Which game was that? Was that uh, Tigers. Um, oh, was the perfect game one? It was yeah. a perfect game. Was, yeah, that was really was bad, bad, right? That, that, that's one example. Any postseason stuff. I'm just trying to gauge, is it actually worth this conversation? Because I, I get so pumped. I'm, I'm dumb about it, but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, has it really uh, we have ruined the check swing. much? Wilmer Flores, check swing, game yes. five. You're right. The last Mets. year yes. against the Dodgers. Giants, yeah, you're right. That was huge. That was the last out, wasn't it? Yeah, it definitely was, it was definitely a check swing. It was a check swing. It was a check swing. You're right. Uh, we're only arguing this. I mean, I know it's not crazy things, but I mean, the game of baseball, they're going to start making changes to some of these things, and this that's why it's worth the 10-minute It's, gonna, it's, a, it's inevitable, I think. This it's changes. Inevitable. Changes to every game. Football, are, basketball, obviously. Basketball has many changes. I but like the PI. How do you guys feel about that? They got rid of that, though, quickly. The PI one was gone. Was how do you guys feel about the basketball one? The three-pointer, where if you go into the guy, don't let him land. Now they're changing that, where you can't kick your feet out. I'm with that. Me too. I, but there's a lot of plays where the careers are made off of that. Those reviews are the worst. You don't like the, them telling it to the microphone like they're in the NBA? It's and another like thing where now. you can have an expert. You know how the guy always sits there to caucus? Oh, I think this call. Why don't you just in have studio, that guy yeah. do that for the refs? Ten seconds. They don't even have to look at it. The game of basketball is, is, in, is inherently fast-moving. Yeah. And, and, and already in the last minute of games, there's tons of timeouts, there's fouls. Like, are you really going to slow it down even more? For these fucking long ass replays. I mean, how long are one, yeah. the last minute of basketball games? He shuffled right. his foot three inches off the ground. It's a block. Yeah, like, no. like, really. Like, like they go very much in depth on those. They go in depth on those two. Sometimes it's the naked eye. You don't see that, and then you go into replay. Sure. I'm a big fan of the three point. Uh, really. Yeah. Me too. I, I think I think it helps Player obviously because plays play safety exactly. But some guys made the careers so now they're so used to doing that now they're getting called fouls on. Which is, I mean, at the end of the day, the game's going to change like we're talking yeah, about. But there's some players that are against survive. 
you know, some players are against that because a lot of those guys made their career off, you know, head and shoulder, that sticking their leg out type thing, trying to get no. a guy on them, which I agree, play safety, I think it's a good thing for that. But that's one thing that's changed so, the So NBA what happens in a situation where uh, someone shoots three and it's contested and the defender sticks his foot underneath his landing space, but simultaneously he kicks, the, he kicks his leg out? What happens? PK, you're the ref here. You're the ref. You're the ref. You know what what I mean? would you call there in that situation? I, usually as a ref, you look for the defender always. First, so you're looking at the defender, um, and you, I think you do, you call it on the defender. If, if the defender is in that space and you land on it. That trumps the, that trumps the kicking the, of the leg. Totally, no. because the kicking of the leg, they're, they're not, they're in good, they are in good defensive even position. If, even so if there's, they, not, there's yeah. nothing to call on the defense. Even if they had... Even if they were kicking the leg, the defender was still in a legal defensive the only In way this space, the, right? In this space. Yeah. Right? The only way I called on the offense is if it, I guess, caused the defender to, the whatever kick thing, caused the defender to come underneath him. Yes. That's the only way. The exactly. defender is going to get that call mostly. Though. I don't mind that call. That was just one thing. There's not many changes in the NBA calls-wise. There hasn't been too many. True. I mean, baseball now obviously might do some stuff in the strike zone and reviews and stuff like that. NFL is changing every year, trying to figure <laughs> out things. Haven't really got too many things figured out, but... That's the thing. That's the only really thing in the NBA that's changed. Uh, one thing I wanted to get your opinion on, BK, of you being a Jets fan. Obviously, a tough sure. game against the Patriots this past Sunday. I know Will had them winning, and I know me and you were talking. I thought the Jets were going to win that game because the Jets were 5-2 heading into the game right now, 5-3. But you never learn, guys. You never learn. I'll say this, though. Obviously, yeah, Bill Belichick does get wins against the Jets always. For the most part, you know. I'll say this, though. They did throw that game in 2020 with Joe Flacco. We were talking about this on they Halloween. It was that Thursday yeah. night game. But I'll say this. How do you feel about Zach Wilson? Now, a lot of people saying, would you look good in the first few games? Now he's had some tough. Turnover issues. Like the Patriots yeah. just kind of bring that about them. I wouldn't give up on them personally. How do you? You would or you wouldn't? So I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If if you look at the success of this team, it's been on the it's been on the ground and it's been defense. Defensive line's been a lead. so well. How, what this team has done is we've made, you know, we've had those really bad offensive possessions, especially early in the game, and then we punted it away and relied on our defense, right? And then we kind of run it down, have Brees Hall go to work, and that's been successful, right? For sure. But with Brees Hall out, we re- we've realized you got to get Zach Wilson passing the ball. That's right. Like that's. That's got to be the next level to. for this team. Um, so if, if you look at the game against the Patriots, he passed the ball a lot. And we saw yeah. there were some really bad decisions. 20 of 41, 355 yards, two touchdowns. Three he picks, had a lot but... of yards and a lot of good amount of touchdowns, but the picks were egregious. Like they were the reason you lost. It was that game and... against the Patriots last year we threw the three picks. Or four was it where you just look at those. One of them I think last year yeah. by the tipped. But the three in this game, it was just like, what were we doing there? Well, yeah, and I think, like... Joey, I think you make this point great is you, you're a big fan of Daniel Jones. You yes. see how his career is. Try progressed. to make plays out of nothing when they don't need to. And how well has he improved at that? I now with right? it, a lot of the time it's coaching. And I think with Brian Dable being the head coach, me and Will were talking about Daniel Jones a lot last yeah. night. I didn't really mention this, is that a lot of the time now in a lot of the plays for the Giants, Daniel Jones has the ability to run outside and there's always somebody five yards out staying on the sidelines where you can either throw that guy try to get five yards or throw it out of bounds. Yeah. The Giants last year never had that. Daniel Jones would roll to the outside, either get killed and fumble, try to, you know, try to make a play to nothing, throw into coverage we didn't have to. Yeah. Now the Giants have shorter routes, which me and we were talking yesterday about conservative offense, which maybe that's what Daniel Jones needs to maybe learn the no, game. They a simplified bit. the up, they dumbed it down a little maybe bit. Maybe Zach Wilson could use that. Uh, maybe a, a guy, yeah. just a flank or something on the outside, we're okay. If plays are going to break down, either throw it out of bounds Mike or look there. Is your offensive coordinator? Yeah. I think that Jet team could play that same exact game that we played against the Patriots. Zach Wilson played a little bit better. Like, just a little bit better. Have, he can still throw maybe one or two picks. One pick. Right? And we make the playoffs. It's Like, that's – with the schedule coming up and you look at the way our defense has been playing, that's the winning formula. Like, I'm not even – 
that game was bad for Wilson, but it wasn't a terrible. I mean, you were twenty-two game. to seventeen. I mean, you guys are still in it. Even though it, could, it felt like a blowout for some reason, yeah. it did feel like a blowout. Maybe Especially just because of the three picks. Half. Yeah, yeah. Second half, Peyton Thompson outscored the, you guys sixteen-seven. The roughing penalty. The exactly. Roughing. That yeah, yeah, and that didn't game. happen. That ended the game. I, that was I, tough. I think I actually tough. disagree with that call. I, I, I think that was a soft call. It was a soft. I thought it was a little soft. I thought it was a little soft. I thought it was a little soft. I don't know if Mac really earned the right for that call, but I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think. How do you feel? Zach was... Wilson is very talented, but who's right that against now, defensive linemen? Right now he's uh, yeah. right now he's he's like he's giving me Sam Darnold vibes, and I don't know if it's the if it's the if it's the Jets are just bad QB evaluators or they're or they are not like surrounding these guys with the you know the requisite yeah. awesome offensive scheme or game plan or whatever, but. Something is wrong in New York with quarterbacks. We, I, when's yeah. the last time you had a good quarterback? Well, I, I don't agree with the Darnold comparison because I think they make different mistakes. I think Darnold is was, is inherently a really bad quarterback. I think Wilson, Darnold made the same bonehead I mean, plays. Look at, that, but look at Wilson. Plays. But look at Wilson's. He's picks. talented. If you look at Wilson's pick, the one was. I mean, he's trying to throw it out of bounds. And that was a tough. Daniel Jones struggled with that. Now we look at Daniel Jones. He throws Bro, out of bounds. He doesn't throw it into the stands. <laughs> that's the most embarrassing <laughs> one. Brady throws it into the stands. That's the most embarrassing one to me. But that's improved. Throw it in. Look, the, you, you can improve. Jones that. did that a ton. Daniel Jones did that a ton. You can improve. That. Daniel Jones did that a ton. Now he just throws way out. And Daniel Jones' problem was he would try to throw it into coverage for no reason, which Wilson did that. Exactly. One of those picks, and then another one might have just not seen some. Which as a quarterback, he was going for all three of us. Shot him. All three of us have a quarterback, right? And intramurals. We've all played quarterback in intramurals. Yes, Obviously, BK have. was a starter for four of the five games uh, before the last game, so five of six games. Will started one of the games that BK missed, the first round of the playoffs. And then I even started some games last year, got a couple yeah. steps this year. We've all thrown picks because you sometimes just don't see a defender. You don't that see them. You don't see them. That's a part of it. One of those picks, I think, was that. Yeah. Then there was a couple of just bad decisions. Which, True. But we're intramural quarterbacks. This is yes. NFL. The point being is this. Okay, Jets quarterback. This guy can't be throwing three picks. Point being is this, though. We all make some bad that was plays. A winnable that comes game. with the game. That comes with the game of football. And sometimes. A guy jumps a route, it's a good play by that guy. Sometimes the guy jumps the play. Sure. But with a couple of those Wilson ones, throwing out of bounds, inexcusable, but that's something you can learn from. I mean, at the end of the day, you're still 5-3. It wasn't like this was the last game of the year and you're trying to make the playoffs and no. this game you need to win. You're still a building team and you're rebuilding, winning. The Giants 6-2, yeah. we're rebuilding and winning. I'm fine with losing the way we did on Sunday because Seattle, honestly, very well-coached team, good team as well. Yeah. Surprising to say, Geno Smith having a very good year. I was fine because I didn't have expectations of us being 6-2. I think it was 5-4 or... What it was five and three or four and four. Same with the Jets. I think I had the Jets right now, like three and five, four and four. Yeah. Them being five and three, I mean, you'll take that. So yeah. you'll take the, those mistakes because you've already been winning games. You True. probably shouldn't have been. Just like the Giants have been winning yeah. games. We realistically shouldn't have beaten the Titans week one when they missed that field goal. You get lucky sometimes. What's your take on the Giants and Jets? I, I appreciate that you got that you joy that you can acknowledge that you guys are in great positions still, regardless of these losses. The Jets and the Giants True. at the beginning of the year, let's be honest, we were not thinking that I was thinking 9-8 for both. I was 9-8 for both. I was thinking Maybe you guys would be seven, around 500. I thought, I thought the Giants were going to be around 500. I I thought, yeah, you were a big Dable guy. I actually stopped. was what a was big, big Giants guy. Dable, I, I, I actually I trusted him. Uh, the Jets, eh. Oh, well, I'm always iffing the Jets. The Jets killed um, the draft. That was the main thing. The Jets killed the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we knew Bruce that. Hall, Garrett draft. Wilson, uh, and then also Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner's a third-ranked quarterback going to PFF. Third ranked quarterback wow. in the NFL right now, according to PFF. Garrett Wilson, or fourth. Garrett Wilson's been solid. Too, well, he's he, top five, definitely. Garrett Wilson's had a good year. Six for one. Is it Jermaine, is it Jermaine Johnson? Who's the guy from Florida State? Jermaine, Jermaine Johnson, defensive yeah. end. Yeah, yeah. He's so you guys have all. Yeah, definitely, definitely. That was the that was a solid draft uh, for sure. And I think my la- the last thing I'll say here. And Joe, how are we doing on time? Are we still, we're we're still, good. I mean, no one's coming in, but we can keep going. You guys want to cut in the field? We'll call it. No, I just want to make sure. I, 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 I don't want to be going over time. Right no, now, we're good, dude. I think we should talk about. The Patriots. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, uh, just a little sure. bit. Um, 
So it seemed, I read an article today on ESPN, it seems that the players and the coaches in the locker room in New England are rallying around Mac. Like they, they have not directly verbally said that, but based on everything we've seen in the locker room, how guys are reacting around him in the huddle, you know, you know, after games, before games, during games, like they are rallying around this this man. Then Zappy's out of the question for the rest. So that's that's the belief system within the team. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, the fans are a little bit undecided on this. You know, I think there's some people in the Zappy party, some people in the Mac party. That are but but yeah. these are all bi- I mean, but all these people are biased. So I'm actually curious, what do you guys think about this weird, wacky quarterback situation? Because although it's, I don't think it's going to be a debate anymore. I think. Sadly, Mac is going to be the guy. Um, going Sadly, forward. you'd roll with Zappy. I would. Um, what do you guys think? Um, I don't know if you how much have you watched of the games. I watch. I watch um, pages. And I keep up to because I talk about them a lot in here. But you want to stop, BK? Yeah. What do you yeah I mean, you watched Mac on Sunday. Their first mistake was um, taking uh, Jones out against the Bears because you're yeah, creating you're creating guy. all this for sure polarization for sure right when you do that. And if Max, I mean, Max went to the playoffs last year, and people didn't think he was going to go. I, I don't think he so. He was a Pro right? Bowler as well. I know he's an alternate, but he still made the Pro Bowl. Years, right? Still made the Pro Bowl. Uh, made the, yeah, made the Pro Bowl. So, like, I know the guy gets wins, the other guy gets wins, but it, if he's your guy, he's your guy. You don't, you don't do that move in the middle of a game. That's sure, where that sure. started. Well, you lose the guy's confidence. But I feel Max always been the guy, although against the Jets, he didn't look great either. He's, I don't know. I know. 194 yards, touchdown, a pick, and six sacks. Six sacks was tough. I mean, the offensive line gets him killed every game. Which yeah, they, their lines guy. are playing. He is your guy, yes. He's your guy, so you got to end the debate there. I agree well. That about, like, the team's camaraderie around him. I think yeah. that's the right move. That's yeah. the right move. Um, sure. So, Joey, kind of the same sentiment yes. with you? So, I've been arguing this now, arguing this now for probably two, three weeks. Um, had some of my friends come on and talk with him. Good amount of Joey Hosey, you guys all know. He was a big zappy guy. Mark was in the middle. Mark Walsh was in the middle of those two guys. Um, and then Joey's brother, James, was more of a zappy guy. So everyone was kind of in the middle of those, either zappy or in the middle. No one was really a Mac guy. I was the one that was a Mac guy. My dad was a Mac guy. Uh, Mike Hurley, my sister's boyfriend, the sports guru, he comes on every week. He was a zappy guy. He was a zappy guy. Yeah, there you go. But I was probably the only legitimate Mac guy. And I was never a Mac guy going into this year. I had him ranked as the 20. 20- fifth quarterback based on how I thought he was going to do this year because Patricia and Judge, I thought, being both those guys, being offensive coordinator and assistant, <laughs> whatever you want to call them, I thought he was going to have to fail you right away. Yeah. And another thing is, I think Zappi performed well, which I'm not taking anything away from him. Fourth round pick, came in, and he probably shouldn't have been in the game because Horry got hurt. He probably didn't expect to play in that game. Third sure. string, was second string in that game against the Packers. Goes into a situation, performs well against the Packers, almost won that game. But yeah. besides that, those Very two close. next games he started against the Browns, and it was the Steelers, Browns and Steelers. Yeah. Had the 32nd, or Lions, Lions and Browns. Oh, Lions right. and Browns. Yeah, 32nd and the 27th ranked defenses in the NFL. 30th and 27th. They were both bottom five defenses. So I thought he had a very favorable situation. And another thing is, he never played from down because the Pages are up in both those games and dominated. So he never had to go into a situation and play and, oh, we need a touchdown that minute and have to go. Mack might have been more of that guy. I mean, obviously struggling this year, but who would you have trusted right now going down the field with a minute and a half to go? I'd probably go Mac just because he was in situations like that last year. Exactly. He was in the playoffs. Sure. Obviously, it wasn't sure. the best playoff game, but he had experience in tough situations. I thought Zappi came into a very fortunate situation because if you're a fourth-round pick, third string to start the season, you're going in with no expectation, especially in a new system, especially in that system with the pages. I mean, a lot of those routes that they had guys running, guys were wide open because they were running short routes and stuff. They didn't have yeah. to air. They did have a couple air routes. You know, I'm not taking away from his arm strength. I mean, it's, not, it's nothing crazy, but... 
They did have guys running shorter routes to make it a little bit easier on them to look upfield with that offensive line being bad. I think Mac, they had way too many expectations for going into the season. Mm. With them going into second year, they wanted to change mm. up the Shannon offense. I think that was a bust in the end of the day. I don't think it's Mac's fault. I just thought it was too much. And then you have Joe Judge and Patricia, and Judge was a main culprit in Daniel Jones, uh, you know, uh, de-escalating his career in the last couple of years. He went downhill. I think Daniel Jones regressed heavily because of Judge, and that's why I thought Mac Jones was set up a failure. But in regards to the Jones versus Zappi, I would roll with Mac Pro Bowl last year, going to the playoffs. I never thought I'd be saying this, especially considering, which I never thought Zappi would be in this situation, but I never thought I'd be defending Mac Jones right now yeah, right. at this stage of the season. Yeah, I agree. That's and I'm defending him. And even though I didn't think I would be, and that's because I thought he went into a really bad situation. Offensive line's bad. Doesn't have a wide receiver one. It's a million wide receiver twos and threes in that Patriots team. The Giants don't have a wide receiver one either, so it's not like I'm you know, making fun of the Patriots. Giants don't have a wide receiver one. Jets mm-hmm. might get Garrett Wilson. Who knows? But as of right now, it's probably two. But at the end of the day, wide receiver one's a hard to come by. I think Mac Jones would heavily, heavily improve his play with a guy to throw to downfield. Maybe Zappi right. even would too. That Patriots offense is not a guy to throw deep to. Devontae Puckett's probably that guy. Kendrick I mean... I thought Mac Jones was in a bad situation with all the wide receiver ones who didn't have last year, really. And then no offensive line, Judge Patricia, and then now playing down yeah. in games and getting killed. I don't know. That's how I felt. How do you feel about that, Will? I know, obviously, both guys played behind the same offensive line. Obviously, different defenses playing against the Lions and uh, going against the Browns. But how do you feel about that argument that maybe Zappi played against easier teams? I mean, it's... it's, it's Would tough. he perform well? He still performed well. I'm not taking that away from still Well, well. that's an interesting argument, but I will say that regardless, these are NFL-level off defenses, and he's a fourth-round draft pick. You, you can't you can't take those performances away from him. It wasn't yes. like he had, like... I mean, I think the Lions gave him throw the window, but against the Browns, he had 300-plus passing yards, two touchdowns, I mean, per, a great passer rating. So he did. He had a good you game. Can't, yeah. you, can't, you can't just say, oh, they were a bad defense. I mean, last night, you see how they shut down Burrow. So, yeah. um, just saying. They did shut Anyways, down Burrow last night. I will, way. to Max, in Max's defense, we remember from training camp, the reports coming out were all bad. They were all the beat writers of the Patriots saying this offense looks out of sorts. Max going to struggle. Patricia and Judge do not have this figured out yet. It's going to be a, tr- a like a, pro- a process, mm-hmm. and so that's why we we have to hold ourselves back from jumping on Mac too much. I think also what happens is Patriots fans love like the underdog late round draft pick story because that's literally Tom Brady. Tom Brady. So they're they're going to jump on anything that reminds him of Tom Brady. He's literally our whole mm-hmm. franchise. So that's what happened. We were sitting there, I was at the game on Monday Night Football, and all those drunk New England Patriots fans were sitting there, and they see Zappy go in, and they see us go up 14-10, to 10, and the whole thing shift, and we're all thinking to ourselves, oh my god, this is Tom Brady all over again. So of course oh, you wow. jump on that, right? Wow. That's what everyone was thinking. I mean, that's fans, I mean, fans in general, that's, we jump. It's just we like, jump. And we jump, and, you know, <laughs> and, and we just, we want, we want the storybook narrative I, I, as much as it sucks, and I, want, I honestly want Zappy to start, because I just think it's more fun, like... Watching Mac is boring. I've never been a big Mac guy. It's a, it's a lot of dumb But balls, he's but definitely kind of the game that he has to play, I guess. No, it, it's true. It's not even his fault exactly. I think the offensive, it's, offense itself is a little boring. But I know what he's saying, yeah. Um, so, might give you a I don't know. I think Zappi's Zab, a spark, right? Yeah. But probably the smartest thing is just to let Mac roll. And he can't. And I agree with BK that putting in Zappi in the middle of that game was such a mistake. And it bothers the crap out of me that You Belichick, were at that game, right? Yeah. And Belichick won't even. Admit that it was a mistake. Like that's that's the that's, that's why I, I was worried about the locker room because I'm like, you already you like, he went out after the game. He was like, I told the whole team that we're gonna play two quarterbacks. It was great communication. Like everyone knew that. And then they had three players going. We had no idea that was gonna happen. So clearly there was a lack of communication. Belichick didn't take ownership of it. Not what had me worried. 
it seems like everyone's on the same page now. So I don't know. I, I, I think I'm just going to let the organization do as they see fit. Yeah. And um, even if it's boring, I think it's probably right. Yeah, I'll ask this. So what if they won that game? What what happens then? If Zappi came in and won the game, game? He's the starter next week. Probably. Yeah. Because you would have been three and zero, right? I mean, me. would have been three and zero, and the Bears somehow. I mean, they won that game. Obviously, the three and four after that game, now the three and five. But the Bears somehow have been a kind of a tougher team to beat. Somehow, even though they're bad, I don't know how. Maybe they're just being fortunate winning games. But I don't. At the end of the day, if you beat a team that was three and four going into that yeah. game, or two and four, whatever they were, maybe would have gotten a start. The Bears weren't good, but. It would have been three games and one. Now the Bears. Well, that's the thing. It looked like it five. looked like that was going to happen. That's why everyone was like going crazy in that second quarter there, and then we just flat. Oh, that, yeah. No offensive line is really the reason. I mean penalties, offensive line, inconsistency. Like well, I say, a win is awful. Uh, Trent Brown hasn't played that well. Strange had a tough game last game. I mean, it, win's probably gone, right? I'd imagine. Well, they want to trade him, but I don't think anyone wants him because he has a first round contract. You know, he's he's making a decent amount of money. The yeah. cap hit's not great, and he's not good. So whatever. yeah, I mean. I don't feel good about the Patriots regardless. I think they're just like the most average team in the world. They have no star players. Their Judon is their only star player, and we're paying Jonu Smith whatever. What Jack Jones is right, but yeah. Jack Jones is a rookie. I mean, he's yeah. good. I it's think situational. He's, he's the number one ranked corner right now in PFF, but it's very much situational. He's not going in covering the number one he's guy. He's not coming the number one guy. But for what he's doing, he's the number one ranked corner back then. Yeah. No, he's been great. Jack Jones, Jack Jones has, been the br- has been certainly the bright spot. I just... I think that free agency spending spree two summers ago, looking back, it was exciting to see Belichick spend because he usually doesn't. Sean Smith, Hunter Henry. But now, yeah. well, now we're cap locked, but we don't have anyone good. So it's like, what can we do? Positives on the team? I mean, yeah, besides Jude on him, I guess Jack Jones or Roger Stevenson having a good year. He's pretty good. Um, so running, I mean, on a team that's not really scoring many points, I guess, you know, at least one positive is the running back's pretty good. I mean, that was the Giants no, with Saquon for a few years with, you know, Saquon's much better. Saquon is much better than No, I'm just saying, when you, so when, when, when you, have nothing, when you have nothing to look forward to, you can watch, you know, your running back, like Saquon, <sighs> 150. Yeah, maybe Ramondre's yeah. not going to do that, but the offense doesn't really have much. The Giants only got Saquon, so you'd still watch games yeah. to see him. I'm not saying Ramondre's Saquon. I see what you're saying. He's yeah. having a good game, and he's not really much to watch. You know, the passing game's not going to get much. Eli in his last year wasn't really doing too much. Well, was never good. All right, easy, easy. First ballot Hall of Fame. He was great. First ballot Hall of Fame, easily. You think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer? Easily first ballot Hall of Famer. He's not a first ballot. Top 10 in completions, passing yards. He might be a Hall of Famer. Passing touchdowns, so completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns. Top 10 Top 10 in all those. Uh, Two Super Bowl rings, two-time Super Bowl MVP. Only one of five quarterbacks with that. So very impressive. That's it. Uh, One of five there. Obviously, had... Obviously, if you want to consider the Tyree play luck, okay, consider that. He did keep his balance and stuff. Manningham was more Manningham was, I think, honestly... Completely unbiased. But Joe says I usually have a bias, but I here's the thing: I might have a bias. Like I love Daniel Jones, but I can have arguments with people, and I won't say like uh, you have to agree with each other because I know no one likes Daniel Jones. I know I'm the only person like Daniel Jones. I'm the only guy like Wayne Gallman. I mean, at the end of the day, I like my guys. <laughs> train, train. I'm, I like my guys. I stay with train, it. Wayne train, Wayne train, train, Wayne train, Wayne train, Gallman, Gallman. But I stay with my guys. I stay with Daniel Jones, yeah. and I stay by this point with Eli in this throw. That throw to Manningham in that game. The Giants obviously need a big play being at the five-yard line, threw a 35 yards, zipped down the sidelines, double coverage. Right, into a Dixie Cup, you better fit that into anything. Best throw, I think, in NFL history. Maybe even in sports history, the best best play I've ever seen. I think that's that was an it argument. It is one of the... That's an argument. I remember like, watching NFL, that being like... Overall best play, probably not, but... No, I know you question. mean... No, just like the best degree throw. of difficulty on the throw was nuts. I mean, it could have been picked. It could have been tipped off the shoulder pad for a pick. It could have been anything. It was just elite. And great catch. No one gives Manningham the credit on the catch. Well, the Unbelievable throw. Great toe tap. Unreal catch, too. No one gives Manningham the, ca- the, you know, the credit on that. I will give him the credit. I think it's the best throw ever. I can't talk about this. Probably the best throw. I can't talk about this. I remember walking into my fifth grade class, the newspaper on the board. You have Manningham two feet down. 
I mean, wow. Will's going to quit. for the city of New York City. Will's going to quit. I know, yeah, you're a Jets guy, but you don't hate the Giants. I don't hate the oh, Jets. There, there's always these arguments about the New York sports, but everyone knows the Jets football, well. they, they support each other. I root for the Jets to do well, because both of us have struggled for so long. Yeah. They were both 5-3, and 6-2. and two. It's weird. Right. The Mets yeah, you're mutually shitty, so you guys all collectively... Oh, well, we've rebuilt at the same time, too. The last four right. years, Donald... Eli's ending, Jones, stuff like that. We were rebuilding at the same exact time. Yeah. Both of us were struggling. Both of us actually still went downhill. We got worse, kind of, over the last three or four years. Yeah. Although you guys got better last year. But the last three or four years, the Giants got worse. Jets weren't looking good at all. And now we're both looking good. So there's something exciting about New York sports right now with those two I teams. Agree. Sure. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And I'd stay with Zach Wilson, by the way. I, I would. Well, I mean, I who are you going to go with? You would. Who are you going to go with? Mike, I'd give him one more year after this. I'd give him one more year after this. Your draft pick's not going to be that good this year, and you'd have to trade up for a guy. Maybe it's still getting me. There's five quarterbacks in this year's draft. They're going to be first-round picks. Obviously, Levis from Kentucky and Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young from Alabama, and then Anthony Richardson from Florida. Those five guys, you have a chance at any of those. I still feel like rolling with Zach Wills for one more year wouldn't be the worst thing. I'm no, we still have him all season. Second overall you pick. Give, yeah, you can't. You got to give him another year for sure. I'm not. I'm not saying quit second on overall now. pick. I, it's just hard to give up on a yeah, guy yeah, like that. Yeah, oh, yeah. You, there's too much. Like, there's too much Value. at stake. I mean, here. there are people that are giving him Justin Second. Fields already. People are already saying, I've seen Mark Drafts with the Bears-taking quarterbacks over Justin Fields. That's stupid. I, he's, not bad, he's in a bad situation. He's been playing better the last couple he weeks. Yes, he's in a bad situation. Um, I saw Mark Drafts taking Anthony Richardson. Now they got Claypool. Claypool in the, for second sure round, though. You talked about that. I talked about That's How do you guys feel about That's the trade deadline? How do you guys feel about the trade deadline? Obviously, Claypool being traded. Second rounder was way too much for Hawkinson, how do you feel about that trade? Big move for them. The Vikings. I like that move. They get a lot of red zone. He's going to get red zone targets I like it. I like it, and I think. I, sometimes I think that teams overreact like to an injury. So like Irv Smith Jr. gets hurt, he's out six to eight weeks. That's why they made the trade, right? That's six to eight. I think it was. That's yeah. why you make. The, I mean, that's kind of why you make the trade, right? But like at the same time, even if, even if Irv Smith comes back, the hawk is the hawk. Like he's he's a great guy. I, I think I think he's actually people forget how talented he is. He was a first round pick. Um, Which guy? He's kind of suffered, huh? Which guy? T.J. Hawkinson. T.J. Hawkinson. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he's kind of he's kind of suffered from you know that lackluster Detroit. You know, I mean not. Not that their office wasn't terrible, but you're, you're, you're rotting away in Detroit. Yes, there's not really much going on. <laughs> so now he's going to be on a winning team for the first time in his career. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Sure. Now he's, he's on a good team now. He's on a better team, 6-1. and one, the yeah, okay, so I like that. I like that. Lions Claypool, six. Can we please say that, really, guys, Claypool for a second-round pick. Wait, this guy, I thought, I this guy was a, I mean, this Surely guy. I wouldn't give him a third, I don't think. He was how, how much, is, how much <laughs> more value does he have to the Giants? <laughs> not, not worth a second, that's for sure. The Giants would have turned Especially not, especially, especially considering he was a second-round pick himself, what, what, three seasons ago? Yeah. And he has put up very meandering numbers. I, there's I mean, no Pickens way he's was taking that. targets from him. Pickens was taking some targets sure, from him. Sure, for sure. But now, he, there's, a reason he was, there's a reason he was taking targets from him, because he's not, because Pickens is better. Pickens and, is a better player. And more physical, too. I will well, say. Pickens gets physical, but. What it does tell you is a the Bears obviously think very highly of him for some reason. So he's maybe a big we're all gonna, guy, huge guy. He's six four. He's pretty fast. Um, I mean, he's the, the physicals are there. He never was in a great situation over there. No, they haven't really had a good quarterback. So never a great been one. He could have been better though. I, never a great one. But is this going to be better? Not an excuse. Is yeah. this going to be any better? Like, you know, you know. Like, I think it'd be interesting. Going, I mean, I think he's going from a bad situation to a slightly. Better. I think they're playing maybe for him being there next year with. Maybe fields, maybe they're thinking, okay, we'll trade for a guy mm. this year and build for next year by trading at this deadline. Teams do that baseball a lot, like not always, but they'll trade a piece, thinking, okay, we'll trade this guy now and maybe get no. something back that can you know, prospect they can play for us next year, type of thing. I don't know. Yeah, that's for sure. obviously you don't think as far down the line in the NFL because guys' windows of being a GM typically three, four years is all you get. Crazy, yeah. And then you've got to make a make a big move. Obviously, make something happen. It's tough. It's like you. 
as these ownership groups have to have pay, more patience. I feel like they don't have it. Then you're putting on, then you're putting pressure on guys, and they make short, you know short sided moves, and then it all goes to shit, right? So you gotta give. I mean, like we talked about this today in our class. You gotta give some kid it, brought this point up. You gotta give these guys Dan a runway, too. a runway to like implement what they want to do. Don't three years is not enough to install to install whatever players you want, whatever system you're gonna do. No, so you need you need time. I think I talked about this last week with Gettleman. I was not a big Gettleman guy during his tenure, but I'll say this: a lot of the guys he drafted, it took four or five years for them for them to shine with better coaching, and now a lot of them are better now. So maybe the end of the day, it really is a fourth or fifth year to see a lot of growth. Because look at a lot of the guys in the Giants having career years: Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams. They not really career year, but he's having a good year. Daniel Jones having a career year. Saquon Barkley having a career year. Julian Love having a career year. Dory Jackson having a career year. Andrew Thomas having a career year. Uh, there's some other pieces to the teams. I'm not going to name every guy on the teams. I can honestly keep going. I'm not going to. But there's a lot of guys having career years. Yeah. And maybe it took that fourth year, fifth year, maybe just better coaching. Maybe that's what the thing is. Maybe People just got to figure about that development. out. People always forget about the Especially in the fo- pro football. Pro football, it's just two, three, four and years. You need to have a marriage of a good player and good coach. I mean, and being in New York, yeah. that's where the pressure is on. That's why the pressure on Zach Wilson. That's why the pressure on Dana Jones. Dayball had some pressure going in, not as high, obviously, as others because it was his first year. Sal had some pressure going into this year, but it's more the Giants GM. Obviously, get him in for years. That's that was the issue. The pressure's on him. Pressure's on New York sports in general. That's the hard thing. Be with nice us. to be in. Yeah, you're always in the limelight. That's the thing. Jacksonville, exactly. Somebody's uh, got the best. Uh, I will say though, There's no pressure. No, there. but you you cannot. I mean, Jacksonville was not did not escape from all that. Hoopla last year, even though no, that was no, not right. with, so not with that proved Meyer. that no matter what, where you are, if there's bad shit going on, people are gonna be watching you. You're so, right. I mean, that whole situation with um, freaking Urban Meyer. Meyer was. I mean, that's crazy. I, sometimes I think about that. I know it's like it seems like a bad dream. It's like, how, how could that happen? Expectations were too high to begin with. <sighs> Just so. college coaches never pan out like that. Hey, Matt Rule. Matt Rule too. We got yeah, a lot right. of money, and then they end up, you know, getting rid of him. Oh. But I want to update you guys on the Phillies game. Oh, yeah. Seven to nothing Phillies right now. <laughs> oh my god! We missed a Kyle Strobel two run home run in the oh fifth inning, god. and then Reese cool. Hoskins right after him. Uh, first the back to back with Strobel then Hoskins. They're Who's up seven nothing. Five homers tonight. Five homers. <laughs> if you look at it, McCullers seven earned runs and four and a third innings pitch. Five strikeouts, yes, a walk, yes. six hits. Ranger Suarez having a very good game. Five innings, three hits, no runs, a walk, four strikeouts. For the Phillies, they have home runs from Bryce Hopper, Alec Bohm, Brandon Mosh, Kyle Schrober, and Reese Hoskins. Five home runs, and it's 7 nothing bottom this five. This is very my big, exciting. My big question is why they move, the Astros are going with McCullers instead of, oh, um, what's his name, uh, Garcia? Yes, it was Garcia. Him? It was yes, Garcia. The guy who no hit the Yankees. Yeah, and then there's a Javier as well. Uh, he's pitching tomorrow, I think. He's Javier going. is good. Right? Javier is going tomorrow, I believe. Yes. Oh, oh, he's the guy I'm thinking of. Clint Javier, yeah, he's Javier. Uh, yeah, Clint, uh, Clint. Well, it's not Clint. It's uh, I don't know why he doesn't. Christian Javier, Christian. Who who pitched game two? Uh, it was Javier. So Javier pitched game two. So yeah, this Luis Garcia, Garcia he's, he's got to be pitching. He would own the Red Sox. He's got to be game three. They put him in the bullpen. I don't know why. Oh, it's from Valdez. I mean, it was a Val- no Valdez came out of the pen. Valdez, Valdez came out of Penn and got the win, I believe. There's too many of these guys. I, I no, Valdez got the start. Valdez got the start. Hold on. No, I'm messing it up. Because then makes Garcia. Luis Garcia. You're referring to Luis Garcia. Fromba Valdez did stock game two. Had a very good game Garcia, for them. Garcia, yeah, yeah. Um, and he I'd probably like, will yeah, be next. I, I'm surprised. Yeah, he'll be high I am more. also surprised that he's not. I mean, did you see his game three against the Yankees? He was great. Exceptional. Maybe they think he just pitches better against this. This I don't know, they have very good pitching overall. Javier, McCullers, Garcia, Verlander. It's all around. Presley. Presley's very good out of the pen. You look at the Red Sox. Red Sox would take any of those guys to be sight. I mean, they'd be yeah, our best yeah. pitcher. They'd be our best pitcher, so obviously. Much value on I that hate team. the Red Sox. 
The Red Sox were struggling. I want to get your guys' opinions on this. Dev is Bogots. Are we re-signing them? Yes. This was a question last week. A hot topic. Went around really quick. We'll start off with BK. He's not a Red Sox fan, so his opinion's valuable here. Will the Red Sox pay Devis and Bogots one or the other or none? Both? Yeah, I think they'll... No, I don't think both. I think they're definitely going to pay Devers. That guy's a talent. I mean, and think about in the division, he always plays well against the Yankees. You're, you're keeping him. He's a great player. He corners the franchise. He's great. Bogarts, on the other hand, um, you've had him for a while. I think it's. I think the time is finished. And he still is a great player, though. I think he That's, out. He almost got the batting title again. Um, 306 he had or something? Yeah, 304. Yeah, yeah. so... Tough to say, but I definitely Devers is a lock for sure. Well, sadly, although I think that Devers should be a lock, I don't trust the organization uh, in this regard. Obviously, the Mookie Betts situation, we all know about that. Yeah. Um, there, there's been no vote of confidence in him, right? So the, 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 or the front office has had the opportunity to say, we want Devers to be here long-term and willing to get a deal done, and they, there's been no progress on that front. So that scares me. Bogarts is gone. I think both sides want it. Like BK sure. said, he's been here a while. He, we can thank him for two World Series rings. Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a key, yeah. raw, uh, he was key, a key, a key player in both. In twenty thirteen, he's a rookie. Twenty thirteen, he came, he came out. Yeah, he looked good. Third base. He was freaking playing in the World Series as a rookie. Third base. He, he didn't even play that much in the regular season. So it was like, he's been great. He's, yeah, you're right. You're right. He's always in contention for the batting title. He's an okay defender, defensive player. You brought in Story last year. He's a natural shortstop, one of the yeah. best defensive shortstops. I think that's what they were playing in the league. Back. So, like, you're not. Let's be honest. You're not signed. You didn't sign him to play second base. Okay, so let go or us go. That's that's a lot more. That's a lot of money freed up for you to be spending. Otherwise, I think there are more pressing matters on the on the team to to fill up. Right. So yeah. the pitching obviously has you know its woes. Why would you re-sign your shortstop? Who's gonna? I'll, I'll probably ask for thirty years old as well. Thirty years old when you could just literally insert Trevor Story into his position spot. And they also so. have guys not coming up this year, but Nick York will be up in a couple of years. Marcelo Mayer will be Marcel, up in a couple of years. He's, I mean, probably two years away, maybe. The farm system's looking talking, good right but now. Both those guys will be up at some point, so you're probably not going to pay Bogots and then say, okay, these guys are going to be up in a year and a half, two years, and no, Bogots is going to be on your con- under contract for eight more years after. It's probably going to be a seven to ten year do- deal, but one thing Bogots' home runs have gone down. 33 in 2019 was mm. great. 2020 short season, 11 home runs in, you know, 56 games. It's pretty good, actually. Yeah. Um, 23 home runs in 2021. And this year was bad, right? 15 in 150 games. So it went down. So I, that's the one thing my dad argued. My dad argued the power went down so he wouldn't be against not bringing it back. Obviously, he's kind of like a, not to the same degree as Judge, but a fan favorite. And obviously a play you'd like to build around. Maybe not to the same degree as Judge. High character guy. High character guy, sure. exactly. Sure. Great guy in the locker room. Yeah. A great guy, a guy everyone respects. It's hard to hate as a Yankee. I don't hate Judge. I don't. I don't really hate any Yankees. I'm not a big Eric Cole guy. Not a big Rizzo guy. But I don't. I don't hate them. Hey, Rizzo. Garrett Cole. Not a big Rizzo oh, guy. Man. Not a big Rizzo guy. Rizzo too. But I'll say this though, Judge. No one's really able to say they hate. Say they no, like no even as the Yankees, no one's gonna say they no hate. No one hates Bogarts. Devers, we despise. So we That's just because Garrett Cole. Yeah, but Devers ropes up Garrett Cole. What about Chapman? Chapman hates him too. My dad mentioned that to him. My dad's met Devers a couple times, and. Uh, just walking down the street downtown, he mentioned it was a year Bogots. I mean, Devis hit that home run, twenty eighteen against Chapman, yep. the one hundred three point one or whatever. And yep. my dad said, oh, like, "My dad said, I don't know how you hit that." Devis was just laughing or whatever, and my dad said, "You're a beast." <laughs> awesome. And then my dad saw him in August or September of oh, this nice. year. Um, so a couple years after, you know, the last time he saw him, and he mentioned it to him that you know, hopefully you're gonna be a Red Sox forever type of thing, and we, we want you to stay. And Bogot said he wants to stay. So at the end of the day, he says he wants to stay. I don't. At the end of the day, if they're gonna pay him, that's the one thing. Yeah. Are they gonna pay him? 
And I don't know. Honestly, I would pay him. Bogart's probably not. It's probably not ways. a strategic, a good strategic move to re-sign Bogart. Sadly, it's sad. It's we can, we can say that it sucks, but at the same time acknowledge that it's probably the smart long-term move. That's Definitely, my, that's my stance. I agree with you guys there. I would agree. And so wait, one more segment. We're gonna close, which I've closed last week, which was with this, and it gave started an interesting conversation. I had two segments I closed with last week. Tuesday, Wednesday, had a couple different segments. We can, go, we can do one or the other. We do both. We'll start off with this one. Obviously, me and Will being Boston guys, I had the guys last week, Joey Hosey and Mark Washington, that picked their favorite three Boston athletes ever. Now for you, you can give New York. Maybe athletes overall. Ooh. You can give overall. It's just something to, you know, just a quick hit. Talk that. At my top three last week, I believe, my favorite three athletes ever in Boston. I have a couple older ones and then a current one. My older ones, Isaiah Thomas, not really an old, old one, but he was a legend. I was a big Isaiah guy when he was in Boston. My second one, an older Red Sox. Back in the glory days, Manny Ramirez, I was a huge fan of him growing mm. up. Then I gave a current Red Sox, my favorite Boston athlete right now, which you might say, it might sound crazy. Most people, Alex Verdugo, is a top Red Sox of Duty. mine and a favorite of it. That's just because I want to give a current one. There you go. If we're going historic, yeah. probably David Ortiz is in there and all that, but sure. I want to give a current guy, so I went with Verdugo. Now you can give, if you want to give New York or you just want to give in general, whatever you want. I'll, I'll stick to New York. Um, one of my favorites was always Alex Rodriguez. Um, I know, and everyone hates me for it and everything. Um, and I'll include Derek Jeter on that list, too. Those two Legends. guys. You have to. You have to like, you Derek Jeter has there. to be there. Um, and in terms of A-Rod, like, he was just an awesome player to watch. And I, for some reason, I, I just loved him because he never made mistakes in the field. Literally, in my opinion, the best third baseman in the league for all those years. Um, and, and also, his hitting was just insane and he won a world series and that's a part of my life that like i started to get into baseball more so the, those two guys are big and then i mean i, I couldn't say a jets this guy is my is in my top three Mark Sanchez. Sanchez. i was gonna say oh, yeah, yeah. literally with the two afc championships and that's it yeah, like and they haven't even made the playoffs otherwise so oh. i feel kd's on there i don't know is it kd it's not it's i and you guys be, like, you, you guys probably hate me but it is um it is... Kyrie Irving. No, I have, I have a tough time saying this. Gino Smith. I don't know. I have Quincy a tough AC? time finding my third one. Brooke it's Lopez. definitely a Brooklyn Nets. Reggie oh, Evans. Lopez. That's it. Lopez. Lopez. Yep. I was going to say Reggie Evans. Reggie. I forgot about Lopez. No, Reggie. You know Reggie Evans for his birthday two years ago? We got I saw Reggie that. Evans, I, that was sophomore year, right? I saw yeah. that. I remember seeing that. What was it Reggie Evans? What do you call it? Like, uh, what do you call it? The cameos. cameos. Yeah, cameos. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. cool. Yeah. It was actually a sick video, too. I'd say Lopez because he was the main guy... I mean, he wasn't really the main guy, but he was well, he the was. center. No, because you could say Joe Johnson. But, but, but he was, no, but he was there Williams before Darren Williams and Joe Johnson. No, I know. And when I started to watch, it was Darren Williams the core. and oh. Lopez. Yeah. And Lopez improved so much. And by that 2017 shooter, season, he was great. I so I love watching him. It was so fun to watch him make threes. It was great. So those are my top three for sure. I respect Brooke that. Lopez, Derek Gere, I'll forever All right, then you got mine, obviously. Well, the second, then you got mine being Isaiah Thomas, Alex Verdugo, Manny Ramirez, Will... I'll tell you what's coming. Um, that's the rundown. Mine are, like, Gotta love Manny. They're pretty yeah. obvious. Mine are pretty obvious ones. Brady. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm just messing with him. No, Brady. it's to, Tom Brady, of course, defines my life, basically. Of course. Um, I've been, I've been, I mean, you yeah, don't have to say anything, right? You don't. I've been, Brady? I've been, so, I've been, I've been, it, I've right? been very fortunate to you be a Brady. Patriots fan. Um, second, Dave Ortiz. Again, I know it's like an easy one, but like I, your hero, he's your hero. He's literally like a hero. Yeah. He's a hero. He's a leader of the city. Yeah, like, holy crap! Like I, I, I wish I one of my biggest like, and I'm not in a position to want things because I've had a lot of good sports things happen to me. But I wish I could have remembered the 2004 ALCS. 
Because mm-hmm. I've, I've rewatched, I've watched the documentaries, I've rewatched the highlights millions of times. I've tried to put myself in that position. But I wish I could have been, like in 2004, I've been like, you know, a 30 year old Red Sox fan having suffered through all this shit and then have the same big poppy. And to see Poppy, like, become literally a superhero for us. Like, like doing the, the craziest clutch stuff. So, I mean, he's he's a lore, like a like a lore hero. He's, he's a favorite. Three out of four had him last week. I mean, top that, four. I mean it's, it's hard to ignore sure. his impact on the city. And then three, he's a Celtic. And it's not a sort of easy one, but I think sometimes it's overlooked. Kevin Garnett, right? Uh, yeah, I was going to go Paul Pierce when you said, okay, I'm uh, with that. I, I like Pierce. And I, he's obviously, you know, an all-time Celtic. He was there his whole career, essentially. I mean, you can forget those those other years, the Nets and shit. But uh, retired number, and he was, you know, he's a great scorer. But KG was the reason we won the championship. He came right, in, so. and he established a culture that did not exist before. He established the hardworking, tough-nosed, defense-first culture. that, And he was the heart and soul of the team. And he's, like... He is my memory of Celtics basketball. Like, Legendary. That's player. my Celtics basketball image in my head. It's not Tatum yet. It's definitely it's it's Pearson somewhat. I mean, I was I wasn't around for Bird and Russell, obviously. So KG's that guy in the pedestal for me. He uh, he embodies you know Celtics culture. So I, I those I know those are really easy ones, right? And um, I mean, those are three good. Ones I, I want to be like, and I, part of me wants to be like. You know, say somebody else. Like Isaiah Thomas, that's a great one. I had Isaiah, and they just I loved Isaiah. I mean, actually, was, is top three. No, no, no. I, I, actually, I agree. I think that's a solid pick because when he was playing for the Celtics, that was the most fun we ever had. Mm. It was. It was. He was um, one of the most exciting players. Really rallied in the he NBA. Rallied everyone together. Um, yeah. It was sad to see that whole situation play out. But those are my three. But yeah, I respect that. Okay, and then last week I think it was my Wednesday episode, and my dad, my sister's boyfriend, also give their opinions, which we were going into Halloween. Top three Halloween candies. It's not a little bit of debate. Ooh. Mine were, I can't remember, you know, 100%. Reese's was definitely number one. Mm. Then I was Milky Ways, too, I believe. And then Twix, three. Okay. I just create I like, a little I bit like of Why not? Okay, okay. Reese's, one. You guys yeah, know me Reese's. I'm, I'm very boring because I'm a big chocolate guy. Um, so M&M's number one. My dad had M&M's. I like the little Hershey. They're little, you know when you eat a little Hershey bar. Hershey Minis? Yeah. Hershey Minis. Oh, the little mini Hershey's. No, no, yeah. the her little mini Hershey bar. Little bars. mini Hershey's. No, Hershey's the most yes. boring candy. I like those. Though. Those <laughs> they're are good. good. They're good. You ever get the cookies um, and cream ones? Those are heat. Those are really the little, good. Little cookies I like those. Ones. I like that better than the than the regular ones. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And then third? Um, I can't think of a third. Like the cho- Reese's, Twix. chocolate ones. Twix. Stickers. Doesn't like caramel or nougat or anything. love that stuff. He's really picky about the candy. Kit Kat. Kit Kat, number three. Bang. Here you go. The Kit Kat was a big one. Yeah, Kit Kat's big. Love it. Um, I, I, I just, you need to expand your palate. Uh, Reese's. Unreal. Unreal. Number one. Unreal. Number one. It never will lose. It never, that's like, I remember when I was little, I used to like, make sure I only got that. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, that's, uh, that's all I asked for. That's all I asked for. Kit Kat's two. It's like the texture thing. It's so good. Especially like when they're a little melted. Oh, so good. And then, um, <laughs> this next one. I'm oh, sorry, you guys see me laugh. The laughing because I'm doing no, a rub, t- rub, rubbing right, tummy right. thing. It's rubbing his tummy. I'm um, excited. Th- this, it's hard when you the third one. Shoot. Um, I know. Third one was tough for me last week. There were a couple in play. There were a couple in play. You know? There were a couple in play for, yeah. my, for my third one. I, like, I'm like debating saying Twix, but now I think Snickers. Mm. That was I a mix. I really like Snickers. They're just a solid, delicious candy bars chocolate and peanuts and caramel you can't really go wrong 
Yeah. Those, you know what some people, I hate when some people like those niche candies, like Whoppers. Oh, oh people like, like those, though. People or like those, the, though. Milk Duds. Milk Duds are all right. Blue, I mean, those are okay. The light blue uh, Baby uh, something. Uh, baby baby, baby Ruth. Ruth. No, but it's, it's almond, like, almond Buzz. Uh, almond Joy. I love Almond Joy. I was thinking with Almond Joys. are crazy. No, I mess with Almond Joys. I might put them in my top five. I just think it's so funny. Top five. They're expanded. Some candies that you only see on Halloween. Like, you'll see you'll see Snickers all year. You'll see M&M's all year. You'll see Reese's all year. Yeah. You don't Nuts. see the almond joys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Milk does not almond joys. You don't joys. see the milk does. Roll Peppermint Patties. Baby Ruth. Baby Ruth, exactly. <laughs> Please tell me you guys don't like Tootsie Rolls. They're all right. No, I don't the vanilla Tootsie Rolls are all right. Like the vanilla Tootsie Rolls are trying to be like sour. They're all right. <laughs> it's, it's a way to get a cavity, but they're not bad. Yeah, exactly. If you want to go to the dentist, you have to be Smarties, too. Smarties? Okay. Okay. I'm not against fundamentally disagree. Sugar pills, as we call them. They so were. you're telling me, so this kid will eat Smarties, but he doesn't like peanut butter and chocolate. Not Reese's. Come on, no he peanut butter? Come he doesn't on. like peanut butter and chocolate together. Have you had white Reese's? Because those are unreal. I don't know, it's just, no, you had chocolate. You like, the, you like Wait, milk chocolate more. You, you like regular it? Reese's. I don't like. The white chocolate Reese's are great, but I don't know if you, I was going to say, you like regular milk chocolate, so you probably the like The reason why Reese's. I like, I don't love peanut M&M's, but I can have them, is because that really good crunch. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Reese's those are good. Why don't you like the flavor of peanut butter and chocolate together? I just, I don't know. Have you ever tried it's, it? It's off-putting to me that... Have you ever tried it? I have, yes, yes. Okay. Because you ever eaten to like a like a peanut butter cookie or whatever? Peanut butter, just, all that, yeah. I don't like it. Nut butters? Nut butters are good. I do like nut butters. That's only peanut butter. We had those freshman year. We had those freshman year. I always had those with that. Nut butters are good. I always had those ready freshman year. But yeah, you're not a big peanut butter guy with chocolate. That's what people love mixing. I love recently. I know, that's like that. You're like the only person I've ever met. It's interesting, honestly. It's not a debate, though, didn't we? We just got five minutes. That was last week. Yeah, I like that. I like those segments. I like that. Show. Twix was kind of in the mix. Kit Kat was in everyone's big three, except mine, really. But what can you do? I, I think Kit Kat's really good. They do go for them. It's hard, to put, it's hard to put get through. Just and it was Halloween candy, too. You know what I mean? Like, my dad likes uh, Sky Bars. I don't know if you guys know what Sky Bars are. Necco. I've heard that. Uh, I've heard Necco Sky was, Bars. It was when our parents were all kids. They're a little, like, mo- they're like they're little yes, like, square. Yes, yeah. they everything. They have, like, regular. They have, like, white chocolate, uh, you know, white caramel, caramel, vanilla cream in there. Like a dark chocolate thing. It's like four. But you don't see it in Halloween, you know, so like a caramello like, type of thing, like that. But like four of everything. Like last that. question: yes. What is the Kenny Galladay of Halloween candies? A oh. player that's so bad and no one wants to trade for him. Oh, that's tough. Okay, it's a good one. That's a good question. I'd probably go Whoppers because I'm not making a trade for that at all, even if I'm getting draft picks back. So I'd probably go Whoppers. So you would not take a Whopper, a, like you would, like if say you were they asked you. To get the Whopper, you swap a Whopper for like a like a Reese, a Reese's. Yeah, but then you got. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of something. It's just the worst. Just the worst. No, no, yeah, you can't do it. There's, nothing, <laughs> there's no combination you can think of. I know. Yeah. I, I'm, I, wait, right, what's the? Can, I can go with that question. Though, that they're not even trading. But what's the Kenny Galladay of candy that that you don't want in general? Doesn't you perform. Don't want, doesn't perform. It isn't good. Big expert. Some people like them. Some people like them. Like Whoppers, actually, people Whoppers do like. Just people do like Whoppers. Yeah, my mom likes Whoppers too. I don't like Whoppers. Yeah, I, don't, I think Whoppers is probably the best. I, mean, I really don't like Milk Duds. I, I think so Milk Duds are right. They're too chewy. Right. I don't like Duds. They're too chewy. I'm not against them, I'd say. I'm probably the minority here. It's like a Tootsie Roll, but worse. Oh, a Tootsie Roll. I'll never trade for a Tootsie Roll. I would never. <laughs> vanilla <laughs> Tootsie Rolls are good, dude. You gotta try those. I've never had, had, had those assorted ones. Really? Like, they like orange ones and strawberry ones. Those aren't great. Actually, I don't know. Vanilla ones are all right. Lollipops are Oh, lame. we got Heath Bar. I love Heath Bar. Heath Bar's oh, okay. I was like, okay. Toffee. They're okay. Yeah, I'm not the best. They're outside my top ten. They may overreact. They're not getting ranked in the top ten. They're not getting ranked in the top ten of mine. But I mean, we just we just ranked every candy. Caramellos. Anything with chocolate is good. 
Anything except BK with Reese's. Well, anything with peanut butter. Buy. Ow! <laughs> I know it deserves a slap. Anything with peanut butter. Anything with peanut butter. BK is not a fan of. I yeah, guess the end of the day. Sure. But caramellos though, very underrated candy. I don't know if you guys have had those. Have caramellos. Okay. Really good. And then white no. Reese's. Have you had white Reese's? No, I have. They're delicious. See, here's the thing. Last year in 2K, brought back two or three bags of white Reese's. If you had it, it was Halloween or Easter, it was one of those holidays. Might have been Christmas. Can't remember. Brought back three bags. Brought back three bags. Dan never had them. He can't eat peanut butter though, anyways. So he never had You're them. Allergic. He's slightly allergic where he's okay. He has it, you know, he's not, he's not, he doesn't eat peanut butter. He wouldn't have that yeah. big of a problem. He's, he's diverse. He's okay. But <laughs> Zach, Zach and Jack never had white Reese's before. Brought them back. They never went back to regular Reese's again. They stayed <laughs> with the white Reese's. There's no chocolate Reese's. They didn't went with white wow, chocolate really, Reese's. Wow. It's wow. unreal though. I swear to God, they're addicting. You did that much better? Dude, they're addicting. I could, I could eat a whole bag of those. Oh, I gotta be, I gotta be careful. They're not yeah, they're addicting. Maybe, they're addicting. maybe I shouldn't try them. Next time I go to store, I'll buy them. Which tomorrow, Halloween candy will be, will be on sale. I will be making my way. I'll buy them and I'll give Good you guys point. some. Good point. Thanks. Candy yeah, will be on true. sale. I'll, I'll make my way. There you go, buddy. Who knows? But anyways... Here we are, BK Baller, Will Manzi. Anything you guys want to finish with, or is that it? The candy is oh, probably. God, I good. think we're chilling, man. man. We, that was a lot of fun. That was perfect. The candy is probably the best thing to finish with. Just want to give an update on the score really quick uh, of the Phillies game. Keep you guys updated on that, uh, which didn't do much over the last five minutes because the candy got into it. It was a good, good conversation. Bottom six, seven nothing Phillies. Ranger Suarez is out of the game now. Five innings, three hits, no runs, one walk, four Ks. Pretty good day for him. As for the Astros, only a four hits so far right now. Phillies, seven hits, five of those being home runs, up seven, nothing, bottom six. So good day to be a Phillies fan. Oh, yeah. uh, you're for the Phillies. Uh, anyways, thank you, BK. Thank you, Will. Both of you guys are coming on. You guys are always welcome. Tuesday nights, seven to eight. Obviously, tonight was eight to nine because I went to a copy latte, but any night you guys are welcome to come on and talk sports. Thank you for having me. Thanks, thanks, thanks for Thank you guys. Show. Appreciate great it. Show. And look forward to a great intramural season. We'll be back on. Break it down. Go for a basketball mug, baby. We're going for it. Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. I'll be back on again tomorrow night, the playbook with Joey and Zach. Uh, depending on Intramural, we have an Intramural uh, co-rec game. I don't know what time that game will be, but I think it's 8 o'clock, so we might be in late in the studio. You'll hear, you'll hear Manzi and Trost tomorrow, correct? Yes, you will. 7 8 o'clock on WZBC AM Sports Area. Make sure you tune into that. It'll be a great show, as always. Very entertaining stuff for those two, always. So hopefully we can have Trost in here with us one day. All of us in here will be great. But sure. thank you guys for listening. I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good one. Enjoy your night. I'll be back on again tomorrow. Thank you, guys. One last thing I want to mention before I close the episode was the Mac. Obviously, I want to keep you guys updated with those games. John Paddock, the Ball State quarterback, just threw a touchdown to take the lead over Kent State with three minutes to go. It is Ball State 27-20 with 3.22 to go. Obviously, Kent State, the home team, now is about three minutes to go to go try to tie the game or win the game if they were to score a touchdown and go for two. Obviously, their main goal now is just to score and try to get an extra point and tie the game, but you never know, obviously. And then 38-24, Ohio just had a rushing touchdown. From redshirt sophomore Cam Dorsey, it was a one-yard run from the one-yard line. They are now up 38-24 over Buffalo. Both those teams being 5-3, and three, so it's a big Mac football game. 13 minutes to go in the fourth quarter with Buffalo getting the ball back down by 14. And as I said, Kent State now has the ball back with 3.21 to go, down by 7 at home on the 25-yard line. So a little bit of ways to go for them. Schley, the quarterback, Colin Schley for Kent State, 25-38. A passing touchdown, no picks, and 178 passing yards. As for their best receiver, Devontae Walker, only one catch, 14 yards, and a touchdown. That was in the first quarter. Uh, he's been a little bit silent today. Ball State quarterback, John Paddock, 25-40, 248 passing 
passing has two touchdowns and a pick with a 126 passer rating. And then Carson Steele, their great running backs, had a great year. Has one catch for eight yards and then on the ground has been electric. 26 carries, 176 yards, and one rushing touchdown with a long of 37. So we'll see what happens there, obviously. And then for the Bruins, which I had to keep you guys updated all night with that, which I meant to. The Bruins are playing the Pittsburgh Penguins tonight. Penguins 4-4-1 on the year. The Bruins are 8-1 on the year. The Bruins are trailing right now 5-3 in the third period with nine minutes to go. Allmark got the start for the Bruins in net, saving 20 shots on 25 opportunities, giving up five goals. So a tough night to him. Swayman's been in the game now for the last remainder of the last 11 minutes or so now. Uh, played a little bit in the, in the second period at the end, and now he's played all the third. With nine minutes to go, they're down 5-3. Swayman has four saves and four opportunities. The Bruins have goals from Brad Marchand. And also Charlie Coyle tonight. So both those guys having good nights. But the Bruins overall seeing themselves down 5-3 to three with only nine minutes to go in the third period in Pittsburgh. Obviously, we'll see what happens there. But I will be back on again tomorrow at some point. I have a basketball game of intramurals at 8 o'clock. So maybe I'll be on tomorrow night for the Playbook of Joey and Zach on WZBC AM Sports Radio at 9 o'clock. I'll definitely let you guys know, obviously, and keep you guys posted. Anyways, thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen to this. As always, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a good night. Thank you.